Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Hey, July 21st, 2023. Man, do I have a big show for you today. I'm going to try to make it not five hours or three hours or whatever it ends up being, but it's important to get all this out today. Uh, and I'm going to, I mean, I really, I kind of jokingly said in the chat earlier that I believe I'm covering literally everything today. So we'll see, but I'm going to do my best to jump right into it and get into just about every category that's going on today. One of which, uh, the RFK censorship hearing, I did think there was a lot of stuff that was expressed in there that I wanted to cover, even though, as you well know, there are things that I don't agree with. And I'll, and I'll call this out as well in regard to his presidency, but that should be seen as different even though it's hard to disconnect those things when it's obviously there's so much political momentum behind everything. But there were a lot of statements that were made and a lot of admissions that were made that I think are really important to, to di- digest and discuss and you know call out a lot of different things. But we're going to go over that in general. We're going to start with some really important stuff around COVID-19 that I think is important that Biden just put out this policy that it is admitting the permanence of the COVID-19 era. And it's really upsetting that I... That I, I almost didn't expect it with what all that had come out already about COVID-19 and the injections, but unfortunately it's happening. But I, I also am not very surprised by it. We're also going to talk about Israel in regard to the second part of the, like I was discussing in the censorship. We're going to talk about Biden and the documents that recently, the grass, uh, uh, it was, um, just double check, I don't want to misstate it, from the office of uh it's not, I'm ridiculous. I can't believe I forgot that off the top of my head. Anyway, the point is that the oversight uh, oversight uh, committee has put out the documents that, by the way, the bottom line is, this is something, this is why it's so irritating to, have to talk about these things that we all seem to already know about. The information, the laptop, the things that have been dismissed. It's It's really embarrassing to watch the way the left, in this case, has covered this. But we're going to go over the documents that show you everything they tell you isn't true. At least, well, some of the things are true. And the point is that that entire story is obviously very true. And I'm actually kind of shocked about how real this is in the moment that these people are, you know, I mean, look, I don't believe any of these government officials are any different. And I call me jaded. I I think that's very clear that they're all maximizing their ability to make money off of things like what's going on in Ukraine. But as far as like the, the, the documents, the information we have thus far, I mean, it's, I'm, Maybe this is what's supposed to happen. Maybe everyone's saying that Biden was going to be removed and that was part of the plan. Maybe they're right. All the narrative and discussion aside, I'm go over the documents today and show you what we're seeing. That the you know this is now even from the normie level it, it being discussed. Then we're going to go over to finish some some more focus on the transgender discussion, but how it's continued to kind of dismantle in front of us. Yet at the same time, the actions from the community have almost gotten more intense, which kind of seems to be a usual way this goes with COVID and everything else, right? But we'll have a lot to say at that to get to the end and then finish with the part about, you know, kind of where this all seems to be going in the technocratic direction. But, you know, as always, we'll see if we get it all done. My plan is to do that as quick as possible. But and again, somebody in the chat said earlier not to try to rush. I wanted to make comment on that in general that, you know, look, I know I personally like the longer shows and I know a lot of people do, too. But it's it's about going back and forth. Like I said, today, I'm not really going to rush. I'm just trying to make sure that I get all this in and in a, you know, it can it, it, it's maximizing the time that we have. But in a lot of senses, I do want to, in a lot of cases, I want to try to bring it down to a smaller amount to reach more people. But as I was thinking before we got started, it's interesting to me how that seems to be such an interesting pressure point from people that I don't get from most of the people in the community. 
which is interesting when you think about what, what is everything else trying to get us to do? Everything, every social media platform, every, they want us to, it's shorter and shorter and shorter and less attention span and less attention. So why would we fall into that? Why would I, you know, and I'm not going to, I'm never going to have my shows redunked down to small amounts, but you know, an hour, that seems like it's an acceptable amount, but it's interesting how a lot of these maybe bots are trying to scare us down into moving small shows. I think it's very interesting. Just wanted to express that off the front, but let's start today with a, a quick shout out to what will be coming your way quite soon. Uh, Taylor Hudak just put this uh, this point out. What's well, weird? Put this point out. Then uh, I just want to reiterate this for you guys to see because it's almost done, and I'm excited to see this because it is you know or see it in its in its finished fashion because it's so she's put so much work into this. Now she said, as many of you know, I've I had a great the great honor of interviewing Professor Dr. Arna Burkhart, and I believe this is the last interview he did before he died. Just a few weeks before he passed away, I continue to work on this piece to ensure it is just right. It will be published this summer via T-Lab. Now, in this summer, meaning any time between, you know, now and, and, you know, whenever, you know, within the next month or so, a couple of months, that's when we're aiming for. But keep an eye out because it's going to be very important. Now, a lot of this stuff we've talked about, but the level to, of which this has been done and the level of scientific delivery and, and, the, and this journalistic integrity, the way this has been done, I think this is going to be very important. So keep your eyes out for this. Now, interestingly enough, we're going to start somewhere that we don't normally. There's a video that I wanted to get into to start today. And this is why I knew this was going to be a longer show because it's this video. And I want to give a real big shout out to this guy in general. I I am going to try to get him on the show. We recently just connected on Twitter. Just really interesting. His delivery, I really like. And and he seems to just kind of have his mind in the right place. Now, uh, before I even get in, I'll shout him out when we get done with the video and before. But the video itself is really about something interesting in regard to how a lot, how arguably, as we always talk about, everything connects. Everything. And, and to the, really the main point is that everything is meant to be almost cartoonishly ridiculous for a reason. And we get into this in regard to how, you know, Guantanamo Bay, for example, these are tactics that have been used historically in regard military, but breaking people down mentally. And we're not, I'm not going to say that I know for sure that that's what is happening, but we've talked about the, the mass psychosis and different conversations. I want, we're going to go through this, and I'm going to try my best not to stop it all the time, but I'll make points throughout it. And just really think about how everything really does seem to be at its peak ridiculousness right now. And maybe there's a reason why that is. Now, aside from that one main point, he makes a lot of interesting and excellent points in this that really, more than anything, just kind of nails the COVID illusion to the wall in ways that we all know, but really puts it and he juxtaposes all of them in a row that makes it near impossible not to see what this all really was. So shout out to Gavin uh, Nascimento. I'll make sure I'm pronouncing that correctly when I talk to him again. And I just really want to, you know, play, we'll go through this video and I want you guys to, to well, you know, just Actually, I should say that you guys are well aware of all of this, but share this with everybody you know, because I think it's a great video. So let's go through this and I'll try to stop it constantly. A million people are in lockdown in Shanghai. Troops have begun patrolling the streets of Australia's largest city, Sydney, to help enforce a prolonged lockdown. South Africa has announced that it will be deploying more than 70,000 army troops to enforce a nationwide lockdown. Sirens blare across the Jordanian capital, warning residents to stay in their home. Police making multiple arrests. We must declare war on this virus. We must act like any wartime government. We're at war. We're in a situation of war. At war. War with the virus. 
Like we all see this from our own Go personal home perspective in our country, right? Stay home. But stay at all home these countries were lives. You must How is that possible? stay at home. Police will be stopping everybody who's leaving their home from 9pm to 5am. If you don't follow the rules, the police will have the powers to enforce them. I will not hesitate. My soldiers to shoot you. Things will get worse. Masks should be worn outdoors. Even when you're exercising, you need to have the mask with you. All indoor and outdoor gatherings will be prohibited. Not gathering in groups will stop. All gatherings of more than two people in public. No more than six people at one table. Screw your freedom. Life is going to continue to change. We're under arrest in relation to incitement. In my pajamas, What's I this? An ultrasound in an hour. Yeah. Like just really quickly, the point that he gets into is that so this it, early on in all of this, it was meant to feel like this can't be real. Like almost to the point to where you didn't want to believe it or you dismissed it because you're like, no, there's no way this is happening in my country. Right. And we're looking back. We all we see this. It's real. And I just covered yesterday about the seeming psyop, the seemingly U.S. centric psyop, as Swiss policy research seems to be exposing or has exposed of all the collapsing videos from China, which based on the research seems to be primarily coming from U.S. entities and U.S. China entities overseas. And they all appear to be fake for the most part, which we all kind of sussed out a little bit after that, but not realizing it might. Well, some people argued it could have been like a Chinese psyop to scare us. And certainly I still keep that as a possibility. But the evidence points toward the U.S. government. You know, it's, it's very hard to see how this all kind of falls into place. Now, again, my opinion when you get larger about it is that they're working together in some way or another, if not entirely. And I think that's very clear based on all of the evidence. She's pregnant. In relation to the Facebook post. Things won't go back to truly normal until we have a vaccine that we've gotten out to basically the entire world. How about this for a sweet incentive? Krispy Kreme is offering a free glazed donut to customers who show a valid vaccination card. Calling it Ohio Vaximillion, a new special lottery drawing. You just have to be 18 years or older and vaccinated. Go get vaccinated, America. I recommend take the vaccine. Jennifer Aniston revealing she's cut people out of her life because they are unvaccinated. If you're willing to walk among us unvaccinated, you are an enemy. You can't go around pointing a gun in somebody's face, which is what it is when people are unvaccinated. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. That choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're... Vaccinated person having a heart attack. I find that really interestingly prophetic when you realize when he said that, I don't even think he meant it that way, right? Just like, you know, it could have been vaccinated person and having a broken leg. But interestingly, how that seems to be exactly what's happening today. It's easy to forget about the absolutely insane psychological climate of the COVID lockdowns and the bizarre behaviors that resulted from it. But what's far more important to discuss is that these behaviors were the results of psychological warfare and sophisticated behavioral modification techniques. So some of you may have heard about the Telegraph lockdown files, for example, which are just these incriminating leaked WhatsApp messages from the then UK's health secretary and other high-ranking government officials where they essentially coordinate a massive campaign to weaponize fear against the unsuspecting British public. So we see over here, for example, where they suggest that they literally frighten the pants off everyone and that they ramp up fear and guilt to gain compliance.
And it needs to be made very clear, guys. They didn't do this based on sound science or for some kind of greater concern for the common people. They clearly did this based on politics and concern for the ruling class. Now, even if you don't agree with that, the bottom line is it's stated clearly there in numerous policy papers. And it's been revealed across multiple countries that they behind closed doors discussed about scaring you, which essentially inherently in that statement is lying. Right. Because when you break it down, you'll find out the things they were saying. They at the same time knew those things weren't true and were just trying to scare you. Even if you abstractly think that means they thought the vaccine was the right choice, they still lied to you. And everywhere you look across this entire thing, you can see the same thing, the same hallmarks. Although this may come as a shock to some people, the reality is that the British government had an entire team of social engineers and behavioral modification specialists that were dedicated to manipulating the British people. So when you see people acting like this, it's because they were targeted for mind control and behavioral modification. Make no mistake about it, guys. Every major government on this planet was doing the same thing. Now, for those of you that read my recent publication, you know that this goes way beyond just weaponizing fear and that... And I always point out, how is it, I mean, how can we not recognize ever in history that, that, I mean, it's never before. I mean, the internet and connectivity in that way has been around for a long time in the context of, you know, well, for a while. (laughs) The point, though, is that we've never before seen this kind of lockstep coordinated effort where everybody, governments that did not even like politically agree, militarily agree, governments that were literally at potential war facing, (laughs) it suddenly went to lockstep and did exactly the same thing together. You can argue some of them were manipulated by fear, but it's hard not to see how clear that that is not just some kind of reaction. The tactics that were utilized against the unsuspecting public were in fact stringently studied during the CIA's infamous behavioral modification mind control program. Many people called this out really early in all this when we heard about the sensory deprivation, the mass, the lockdown. You can't decouple these things. Even if you think that they still did good or blah, 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 which means you're blindly ignoring all the reality. But the point is that this all ties back to MKUltra, the same kind of stuff that we keep talking about, which then makes you begin to question at the very least whether or not this is all some kind of long sought, you know, there's a lot some kind of connective point between all of this, which I believe. From over half a century ago called MKUltra and many of the tactics that were weaponized against us although being much more subtle, Mm -hmm. are in fact utilized to this very day in black sites like Guantanamo Bay. This includes weaponizing fear, social isolation, sensory deprivation, and something called the Alice in Wonderland technique. The first one is the most obvious. I just want to make a quick point, real quick, totally unnecessary. You probably get mad that I stopped it again, but... Just want to give a shout out to the per. I don't know if he has a, a, a some kind of editing software that does it for him, or he has somebody else that does it. But just note the small things that people don't think about when you're not live. For example, when you make this video and you edit it this way, every single note, every sound, every time there's a sound when the thing pops on the screen, that's got to be added. Like just think, nobody thinks about the time it takes to make these kind of videos, and that's why I really appreciated this because you don't need that sound, you don't need the cuts and the graphics, but he did it anyway, and it makes it a lot better to engage with now yeah i mean it could have been some kind of program i'm just saying nonetheless it takes more work to do it and i just think that's worthy of shout out a lot of people fail to see those small things they think we just jump on and anybody could just go live it's like yeah give it a shot see how it works out for you anxiety and stress literally damage the brain and even endanger our physical health and by the way and that i hear myself say that in no way am i saying don't do it i recommend i i'd say everybody should do it my point was to simply point out that it's not easy It takes a lot of time and it's a learning curve, but
everybody should be doing it because the more the better, guys. I've always said that. We need more voices speaking the truth as much as we can. Considering how so many people missed their hospital appointments or died alone because they were too scared to even leave their home or how family members were too afraid to even touch their own loved ones. It's obvious that fear was weaponized on an unprecedented scale never before seen in human history. And then for those of us that weren't scared of the virus, we were targeted through fear in other ways like unemployment, losing our freedoms and even being thrown in jail. And based on the CIA's research going back 60 years in the MK Ultra inspired Cubark Torture Manual, they are well aware that sustained long enough, a strong fear of anything vague or unknown induces regression, which is to say it turns people psychologically into infants. The next tactic was social isolation, which of course was hidden behind the Orwellian language of social distancing. This too is very well known for mentally destroying people. For those of us who resisted social distancing orders, we were instead targeted through cultural isolation by being portrayed as selfish and even evil members of society that people should avoid and even unfriend. Now referring back to the CIA's 1963 manual, social isolation is recognized as one of the key ways of, and I quote, speeding up regression to a more infantile state. This is so interesting when you realize how much of, I mean, there's a thousand directions you could take this in. You've got people dressing like little children, you know, and that, that's an overlap with the trans community conversation and argotophilia. And it's very interesting, whether you're talking about an infantile, like literal, literal expression of that, or just the fact that people have gotten so regressed to the point to where, you know, the authority is your, it's, it's parentalism, paternalism, excuse me. Right. I mean, that's what we're talking about. And either way you look at it, I think we see examples of that everywhere. And it works best when manipulating the subject's environments, cutting off human contacts and basically controlling their perception and interpretation of reality. Now, when this is done effectively, according to the documents, the person that holds authority over the prisoner's freedom and social isolation or lockdown, like, let's say, somebody such as Anthony Fauci, then they become, and I quote, linked in the subject's mind with the reward of less anxiety and regaining access to human contact. In right. short, a sort of trauma bond is created, guys, where the person with the authority assumes a benevolent role. The third one is sensory deprivation, which is likewise recognized as key in inducing regression, which is a common tactic that is actually utilized in places like Guantanamo Bay, which is infamous for their use of MKUltra tactics. We also now have research that shows that face masks can severely disrupt the development of children's emotional intelligence and social skills. Beyond face masks, the 1963 manual also notes that sensory deprivation is about depriving the victim of contact with the outside world and ultimately controlling the interpretation of reality by only allowing certain stimulation and information to enter into the target's mind. When we consider the manipulation of social media, why do you think you or anyone else at Twitter had the medical expertise to censor a doctor's expert opinion? Mm -hmm. Our policies regarding COVID were designed to protect individuals. We were seeing you guys censored Harvard educated doctors, Stanford educated doctors, doctors that are educated in the best places in the world. And you silenced those voices. We all talked about that. I just think that it's one of those points that just really kind of cuts to the quick where it shows you people. There's no way you can defend that. There's just no way because it wasn't just one random anomaly of somebody that we can go, oh, yeah, he's kind of lost it. We're talking about we, – you, we know we can just run the gauntlet of all these – different, or whatever the gamut of that phrase is, all the different people. I mean there are some – I mean not even some. 
I, I think you can safely say the most recognized, most published, most uh, revered doctors in the world have spoken up about what we know. And, and then they got censored on Twitter, on YouTube. Uh, YouTube is literally still doing that right now. I mean, how do you argue against? How do you argue that that is in the best interest of anything other than the narrative, especially since the things they keep saying have turned out to be true, like we have as well? Compounded by the fear-mongering of the establishment media and the unending repetition of fear-mongering and propaganda, it's obvious that this was another key tactic utilized against us. And then the fourth one is something called the Alice in Wonderland tactic, which is all about dramatically manipulating the environment of the victim, which, and I quote, is designed not only to obliterate the familiar, but to replace it with the weird. Now here, guys, I didn't know about this. This is the when I saw this video, this was the first time I've even heard. I've, I've, in fact, I've even read about, haven't read this exact full document, but the, the exact citation of the CIA manual about this. And, you know, just show you, there's just so much to get into. You could just, and, and that's why it's important that we work with each other, you know? So I just want to give, that's why I'm giving him a shout out for this because this is great work, I think. And that this exact point is what I was kind of getting at in the beginning. That, that, that we're at the stage at this point where, or already have, that we're, being driven into a point to where it just literally just doesn't make sense like almost so over the top not just like oh i didn't expect that but the kind of action where you're like i just can't believe that's real right we like for here's a small example when you're looking through twitter and you find all these accounts that are saying things you're like is that is that real is that a parody like the fact that you can't even tell the difference when somebody's a fake account trying to be the, the cartoonish version of what they think the right is or what they think the left is, and then you can't tell the difference, it shows you that we're at that point. And that's a small version of this, but the idea of the, of the transgender movement that just is forcing the idea that men are women and women are men and there is no difference. And all, I mean, everything we've talking about, hiding the fact that people are literally dying in front of us and you know excess death and we don't even care. It's baffling. We don't know that we're not going to talk about it. Or East Palestine, they're totally safe and healthy. Don't look at how they're all sick. It's like it's just the exact inverse of the reality. I feel it. That's what I, I feel like I've been circling around that for months now. And this just completely connected for me. And as this process, and then the fourth one is something called the Alice in Wonderland tactic, which is all about dramatically manipulating the environment of the victim, which, and I quote, is designed not only to obliterate the familiar, but to replace it with the weird. And as this process continues day after day, it eventually becomes mentally intolerable. Mm -hmm. And this invariably opens up the door for behavioral modification and mind control. Now, when I see the sheer insanity of the lockdowns, the obscene gender fluidity indoctrination propaganda campaigns, naming men women of the year and awarding them for dominating women's sports, along with the threat of nuclear war, among so many other things. The Alice in Wonderland tactic fits very well, guys. These encroachments are not designed to be logical or make sense. They are designed to be mentally intolerable so that they exhaust us and break us down. Doesn't that make sense? Now, look, I'm not going to say we can know for sure that's what this, this is. Nobody honest would say that because we can't prove what they're thinking. But it's kind of hard not to see the overlaps. So if you're honest, you would acknowledge that, damn, this is this is 10 for 10. Like every single thing that the CIA wrote down as what we should be doing to create this kind of control is literally what we've gone through. Now, that certainly could be coincidence, but you'd be pretty irresponsible to not at least consider that this is what's happening. Now, I can take this even further and say that the ruling class almost certainly knew that by locking everyone down, this would result in higher social media usage, which Absolutely. ultimately results in mass sleep deprivation, 100%. which is yet another mind control tactic that was stringently studied in MKUltra and is used in Guantanamo Bay.
I could also argue that they almost certainly knew that by locking everyone down, this would also result in mass drug abuse, which was also studied in MK Ultra and is likewise used in Guantanamo Bay. And don't forget that leading up to this mass, you know, this moment in time, we've saw, we saw the explosion of opioids and everything else. You know what I mean? So it's just, you know, I'm, they, they don't, that doesn't connect perfectly because obviously after they were forced to leave a place, I argue they didn't want to and they didn't even technically leave because there's still mercenary groups and people that work in the CIA on the ground in Afghanistan that we don't want to talk about. We saw the reduction again of the opium fields. And it's just it's what a what a sick joke it is to pretend like we don't know exactly what happened there. That the moment the U.S. occupied the ninety percent of the opium exploded, or rather, they almost had eradicated it and increased by ninety percent. And then, oh, weird correlation perfect correlates perfectly with the explosion of the opioid crisis. And then the moment they leave, it completely collapses again. And then they're over here going, "Oh no, we don't have enough for our pills for people." It's like, come on, guys. The U.S. government was running drugs out of Afghanistan, just like they keep getting caught running cocaine out of Colombia to this very day, while pretending that narco terrorists in Venezuela are the problem. Like, we live in an absolute clown world, and that adds up exactly with what we're being told right here. And I could argue that the enemy in the eyes of the ruling class historically has been anybody that has challenged their authority, which today represents billions of people all around the world who are sick and tired of their shit. And because of this, we are deliberately being targeted because they fear losing power and control. But what you need to know, guys, is that this has resulted in an unprecedented 25% rise in anxiety and depression worldwide. Which, to give you an actual figure, according to a study published in The Lancet, in 2020 alone, an additional 53.2 million cases of major depressive disorder globally took place and an estimated additional 76.2 million cases of anxiety. Now, in addition to that, Several hundred million people have been pushed into poverty, which is a leading cause of premature death physically. Tens of millions have been pushed to starvation, and our children have been targeted and traumatized. And make no mistake about it, guys, the ruling class are going to do some shit like this again. Now, with all that said, there's something very serious I'd like you to consider. During the so-called pandemic, governments, whether they were communists, capitalists, or whatever, they all work together to weaponize fear against their populations and impose these dangerous lockdowns. The same is true of supposedly competing businesses and together they allegedly united for the greater good of humanity by creating billions of fast-track vaccines in a matter of months and then proceeded to get them to the most remote parts of the planet. And yet now we are told we are faced with a food crisis, an energy crisis and a nuclear warfare crisis, all of which would undoubtedly kill far more people than any virus in human history and yet they can't unify this time around for the greater good and that's a great point i would say to add to that is the only reason that we have those problems is because of what they did in well not entirely but like that was clearly part of the drive like what they because they appointed covid lockdowns and covid collapses of infrastructure and then suddenly we don't have the food we need and suddenly electricity is breaking down and oh and then putin invades and now we are running you know the point is that a large part of that is what they drove into reality but his point is excellent so, so now they can't marshal these resources to stand up and stop you know because obviously that wasn't the reality and this my friends as george orwell used to write about is because they aren't really at war with one another they are at war with us uh -huh. and in this way guys world war has already begun but most people are just completely unaware
So, Although I know that most of us just feel so weak and ready to give up because we literally just went through torture and we are still going through torture because psychopaths are in power. What I'm here to remind you of is the fact that you are still alive and the fact that you are still here, that actually means that you are incredibly strong and resilient and you should be fucking proud of that. So whatever comes next in this great struggle between humanity and elitism, remember guys, you are being targeted. So be mindful of what could be creeping into your mind. Yes. Remember that most human beings like dogs abused and brainwashed to fight are only that way because somebody sinister manipulated them to be that way. Right. Remember that regardless of skin color, politics, religion, gender, or race, the ruling class are willing to unite against us for the purpose of population control and their ethos of elitism so there is no logical reason why we shouldn't unite together against them for the purpose of authentic freedom and our ethos of humanity. And then lastly guys, always remember, courage does not mean that we don't feel any fear. Courage is in fact when we feel intense fear, but we recognize that there's something more important than fear and we take action anyway. And whether that higher recognition is fighting to protect your family, opposing injustice, protecting the planet, or fighting for our children and the unborn still to come, now is the time for courage, guys. I hope that gives you chills like it does me. It's powerful. You have power. And that's why they're scared of you. You are powerful. And together, you're unstoppable. And they know that. Now, speaking of the Allison in Wonderland effect, it's exactly what he was talking about. White House on UFOs, right? I mean, we've all seen this start to kind of percolate. Now, it's, it's just apparently on the 26th, we're going to get some kind of revelation. Like, I'm not saying for, I mean, I've talked about this in the past. It's not something we should just dismiss out of hand. But why in the world, after all the time that we've seen, all the, all the admissions from other governments, from other presidents, from other people from NASA, all these things are real. You can see them. They've been there forever. Now, suddenly, they want to tell us why. White House on UFOs, some of these phenomena we know have already had an impact on our training ranges, Kirby says. <laughs> so it just, you know, it just feels very clear that this is all part of it. And, and to the same point, it gets even more ridiculous. Now, we're going to start kind of on a COVID-19 end, but kind of bringing it off that video. And I really do hope you will give, check out the rest of his work. I really do think this guy is just doing amazing work. He just has, I believe his mindset is right where it needs to be. Even if you think that may be borderline things that, you know, whether it's, you know, the conspiracy theorist or however you want to see it. I think everything he discussed there is valid for consideration, if not completely proven. It's, it's very powerful. And I, I think we need to realize that, especially as on uh, today, in fact, the White House put out the, the launch of the Office of Pandemic Preparedness and Response, which is a new thing. We've heard that phrase a lot, but this is actually the OPPR. There's a new office that now will be implemented and run by the Pentagon because this is totally not a military operation, right, guys? 
Yeah, it's exactly what Sasha Latapova and plenty of others have been telling you that this is not. It's always been from Operation Warp Speed, Monsev Salawi, in the beginning of the whole damn thing with Trump, right to now, this has always been a military operation. It's not hard to prove. So here's what's happening now, and this is why I framed it as them admitting that this is permanent, because this is not something that's going to diminish. This is now set in stone. This is the new policy, and it is directly aimed at COVID-19, but along with everything else. So people are going to pretend like, no, no, that's not, he's not telling you that we're in lockdown forever. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the COVID-19 era that they told, just take the vaccine, we'll go back to normal. Too late as we should have known the entire time, that this is meant to go on forever. And that's under the guise of fighting for your freedom or fighting for your safety or fighting for your blah, blah, blah. That's always how it's framed. What this amounts to is the same current thing we just lived through whenever it happens again, whenever they decide. And of course, that's completely overlapped with the WHO pandemic treaty in the same direction. And I guarantee this Pentagon administrator official is going to work hand in hand with the WHO to remove your sovereignty. The Biden-Harris administration has made historic progress on our nation's ability to manage COVID-19 so that it can no longer meaningfully disrupt our lives. Did you hear that? This is, this is Biden's, uh, Biden's Bush. We, geez, I can't even talk. <laughs> this is Joe Biden's Bush mission accomplished moment. They're, he's literally, just like we always told you, and this is, they've already kind of done this, but he's just blatantly telling you, we did it, guys. We successfully did this. We managed it with deadly things that aren't helpful, that cause all sorts of other problems. And apparently that was enough to get us out of all this, right? Not, don't, don't man the mind, don't look at the man behind the curtain. Don't look at all the excess death. Don't look at all the other multiple sclerosis problems or the other, you know, literally everything you could name right now is exploding. All these other problems that are completely tied in exactly with what these things are, but that's not what we're looking at, right? These arbitrary numbers that they have systematically and manipulatively reduced by suddenly removing flu and, and hiding these things, reducing the piece, the cycle threshold number and blah, blah, blah. Suddenly, look, they're all low again. And we did it. Hooray. I just can't make fun of this enough. We are in a time where they just point back and say we did it. Even though by every single metric, including Dr. Fauci's own admission, these things failed. But just like every other vaccine in history that we can pretty much point to, like I'm going to make a point about in the near future, about polio, for example, as we all know, if you care to look at the history, that that didn't actually have the effect they claimed. It was already decreasing, and it actually increased once they gave them these things, and the majority of people that died during that process were vaccinated. But it then again naturally declined, and they said, hooray, we did it. They're successful. Now, I'm not going to say I've never said that that means that the technology can't be used. But the moment you begin forcing these things, there's a problem, and the moment you begin removing liability, there's a problem. The reality is we can't trust the people behind the technology and the, the people designing these things for business for profit and then the roof liability. Obviously, that leads us where we are now and nobody cares to look at the information. Scott recently did a great overlap on the autism discussion, which I'm going to be highlighting in the near future. All of these things reveal to you that not only has this been devastating to our population, but a lot of them have because this has been going on a long time. The Act of 1986 removed liability for pretty much everything, <laughs> predominantly the, ch the childhood schedule. But point being, as I bring it back, they, they did it. Biden's administration, with no help from Trump, of course, because he had nothing to do with it, according to Biden, saved your life, even though they've killed a lot of people, taken successful, significant steps to ensure all individuals have continued access to life-saving protections, such as the COVID-19 injection, which is currently killing people. But it's, it's helping everybody, according to Biden. As part of the president's commitment to ensure that our country is more prepared for a pandemic than we were when he took office, the administration is standing up 
a brand new thing because we need more government, don't we? More bureaucracy. The Office of Pandemic Preparedness and Response Policy. Now ask yourself why the other 30,000 administrative groups that we already have can't handle it. Well, because you didn't you see they just failed. But that's not what they're really saying. We just didn't do it perfect, right? Just like every other time. We've got the, the pandemic preparedness response plans or we got the, you know, the event 201s and we go, here's everything we need. And then it happens and they go, we missed the mark. Here's what we need. More money and more government. You know, it's weird how that happens literally every time. So you'd think after a few, however many times it's been where they don't succeed and they just go more money, more government, and we give it to them and they don't succeed. And they go more money, more government, we give it to them and they don't succeed. We step in and go, let's rethink this process. It's sort of like the foreign policy where they continue to destroy countries and you know, the guys are fighting for freedom. And we go, well, they tried to fight for freedom, right? Let's, let's try again in Syria. Oh, they tried and they failed. How about Libya? No, they tried and they failed. No, they never really were trying for freedom. Just like these things were never really about helping you guys. The point is, this is not about helping. This is more money, more government yet again. We don't need another bureaucratic entity to do the same things these people are already being paid to do. This is about control. This will, as he writes, be a permanent office in the executive office of the president. <clears throat> so run by the executive branch. You see the, you see the control, the, the, co the collecting of power at the top? That's not how this is supposed to work. This is politics leading science, just like we saw during the, the illusion of the pandemic. But it says, and charged with leading, coordinating, and implementing actions related to preparedness for and response to known and unknown biological threats or pathogens that could lead to a pandemic or a significant public health-related disruption in the United States. So that means literally anything. Now, when they say or could lead to, that means whatever. We think something, and that might lead to what we think might happen, so everything shuts down. That's exactly what that means if they want it to. Or we think Iran's hiding an illness. Quick, WHO, let us invade. Everybody shut down. That's how this is going. That's not even off the table. It's written right in their documentation. The new OPPR office will take over the duties of the current COVID-19 response team. There you go. It's not going away. The COVID-19 response team is just being made permanent. This is exactly what you're looking at. Oh, and it includes a monkeypox team, right? Because we're all scared of monkeypox, right? That emergency that still exists because we're overrun with monkeypox? Who even, we even heard that term in a month and a half, but we still have an emergency for it. We're still giving money for it. We're still creating teams for it. I wonder why. And the White House will continue to coordinate and develop policies and priorities related to pandemic preparedness and response. Interesting. To lead this work, the president announced that Major General Paul Fredericks will serve. He is currently special assistant to the president and senior director for global health security and biodefense at the National Security Council. So he's part of the National Security Council, but he's also working at the Pentagon. So let's quickly look at him to see who this person is. Major General Paul Fredericks is the joint staff surgeon at the Pentagon. So it's interesting that you would continue this not military operation by appointing a not Pentagon military official to run this not military operation, right? It just it's so clear that this is not what we're being told. He, I mean, really, if you if you were going to argue this was not if this was just a, a medical preparedness plan, why wouldn't it be run by the CDC, right? If that's not, of course the last thing I want, but logically speaking, that's what would make sense, not the military. But we know why this is happening. He provides medical advice to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the Joint Chiefs and the combatant commanders. All right, so this is military, and he advises basically military personnel. He coordinates all issues related to health services to include operational medicine, force health protection, and readiness among the combatant commands and the Office of the Security of Defense and Services. He's a medical advisor to the Department of Defense COVID-19 Task Force. 
So he's already been involved with what's been happening. Served as an assistant professor of surgery and led joint and insurgents interagency team. Excuse me. And then just one point that was relevant, but he in May, May 3rd, to May 2003, 2005, he was deployed in Iraq at one of the bases in Iraq. Interesting. Now, it says coordinate the administration's domestic response to public health threats that have pandemic potential. See my point? It's it's pre-crime, whatever you want to call it. This is pandemic pre-crime. They're going to be like, well, we worry it might be. So let's take that. This is being set up and given the authority and the power to do that. This look, you want you want I'll make you a promise right now. My opinion, but this is what I I will bet would happen that because it's military, because it's executive branch, that this has nothing to do with Congress. That's not how it's supposed to work. But I'm willing to bet you that this will be completely independent of some some kind of congressional vote. I mean, for crying out loud, they're invading countries without Congress. So why would they care about what we live in the illusion of some kind of representative government today? But it's saying that threats that have pandemic potential or may cause significant disruption. What does that even mean? It's not even pandemic. It just might cause disruption. Well, you could argue that us saying things that are uncomfortable online could cause a disruption. Uh-huh. And strengthen domestic pandemic preparedness. This includes ongoing work to address potential public health outbreaks and threats from COVID-19, monkeypox, polio, avian and human influenza, and RSV. Isn't that interesting? All these things that were never really big. Suddenly, after a genetic therapy that is all wildly untested, that causes all sorts of problems, everything explodes, immune systems collapse, and it's, you know, weird, totally not connected, though. We'll oversee efforts to develop, manufacture, and procure the next generation of medical countermeasures, including leveraging emerging technologies. Yeah, I wonder what that would be. And working with the HHS, of course, on the next generation vaccines. Yeah, this is not going away. He's talking about all the horrible things we keep pointing at. All the mRNA platforms and the multivalent RSV flu COVID, the, the ferret nanoparticle universal flu vaccines. These things are Frankenstein dangerous. And we've shown you that everything that went wrong with these are still being implemented. Nobody seems to care. I wonder why. That's This, this really does concern me. But I'm hoping people can see it and we can get ahead of it. Because this is the continuation of exactly what we should be afraid of. Now, Miriam Hanin uh, from the, she's the Bee Lady, as you guys know, shared something really concerning with me that I wanted to show you. And again, this all kind of relates to the idea of the Alice in Wonderland effect in the COVID na- in, uh, framing. All these things are just, just lunacy and diametric opposites of what we know. In this case, it has to do with the idea of blood. Well, I guess this one doesn't exactly apply, but you'll see what I mean. We've been talking about this forever, the idea that these things, without question, according to all the top peer-reviewed science, are in your body. Lipid nanoparticles, mRNA, spike proteins, up to months afterward, if not indefinitely, continuing to make them, according to peer-reviewed science. Well, apparently DARPA's come out with a new program. Don't forget, DARPA is what Whitney was writing about back in 2020, that it was the basis for all of this. A Roomba-like treatment circulating within your blood? that whisks away pathogens before you get sick. So first of all, we're back again with the medical pre-crime argument that we need to inject nanotechnology into our bodies to be able to stop the upcoming pandemics. We just talked about this. We just talked about how in the, some uh, the ability to potentially get or justify the already present nanotechnology within your body to justify the Internet of Nano Things, which is what they right now are telling you is the future of medicine. You can't have an Internet of Nano Things without nanotechnology circulating your body. I mean, you can technically, but not in the way that they're outlining it. So this is one way to think about this. But here's the point. 
I think this is about trying to potentially get rid of a problem in people that are willing to go along with this, right? All the people that took the injection dutifully and are now suffering because of potentially a failed effort to hurt the wrong, you know, I, I, you could go off in a lot of different directions. I've talked about whether this was an accident, you know, making this leaky vaccine in order to hurt the people that didn't take it, which is the way that would usually work, but ultimately ended up hurting the, the side effects more so because of the way that they did this hurt the people that took it more than anybody. Just one thought I had in the back. But anyway, the point is that this is a real thing. And we talked about this in regard to how we know, as even the Red Cross continues to not want to respond and ignores this, because on 2022, September 13th, as I've shown you before, they say we don't label blood products. Why? Well, because the COVID-19 vaccine does not enter your bloodstream. They still maintain this to this very day. Even though I've shown them directly 37,000 times that here we go. Here's yet another peer-reviewed study that shows that you're wrong. How is it that we can know this and you stand by that stand by the statement? You're either put you're you're either lying or you're too stupid to see that you're wrong. And this is set January 17th, peer-reviewed, 2023. PubMed, NIH, National Library of Medicine, SARS-CoV-2 spike, mRNA vaccine sequences circulate the blood up to 28 days after the injection. They're giving people this stuff, and it's hurting them, as we've already seen. They're refusing to allow people to give blood, even though it's always been the way this works. Oh, my mother is the same blood type. Let her do it. They say no today. You have to take the stuff that we have, even though we know that this is contaminated, or the most likely, seeing as how they're not differentiating. Well, this is interesting when they start to develop or add these things. DARPA seeks to shield blood. From your, from, so potentially, this Roomba-like sub item is meant to be used to remove the things that are in your blood. I just found this really concerning, and it seems to back up exactly what we're talking about. And look, Department of Defense, what do you know? Totally not military, though, guys, right? Great point. Great job pointing this out, Miriam. Oh, here, didn't get that. I think I did, actually. I keep seeing those things not populate when I like and share something. Well, here's an interesting point to make on this. The other lunacy of all, as we're watching people get hurt by this, here's the Office of National Statistics from England, from the UK. In June of 2023, last month, 43,842 deaths, right, in England. 5,250 deaths above the five-year average. 13.6% more people dying. That's called excess death. Now, if that was in any other context, the media would be screaming about how COVID was hurting everybody. Weird how when it's obviously completely correlated with the injection, which doesn't mean proven, but I mean, every other way we can prove that a large portion of that, and I think we prove that is, and I'll get into some things next, but we can't prove it's all of them. That'd be irresponsible to say, which is why it's irresponsible that they say the opposite all the time because they don't know. But the point is that this is being hidden from you. And at the same time, it's like they just don't even care. They don't. They're, they're, scre they're desperately running from acknowledging that the only pro that right now you can compare this to when they were supposed to be helping during the vaccine or even before. Point to 2020. And you realize that this is higher than it was when we were all overrun with the biggest pandemic in a century. There's no way that makes sense unless one, that didn't exist the way they said it did, which we've proven. And two, that this is hurting people now, not based on what was happening before, but based on the injection they're giving today. All of those things are easily proven, in my opinion. It's just, it's just unbelievable. The leading causes of death in England, dementia and Alzheimer's which is what we keep telling you because aluminum and barium being sprayed in the skies are the direct result in one of the many ways leading to Alzheimer's and dementia. It's directly correlated. There's all sorts of science on it. And they're spraying it right now to stop the sun for you know whatever they're saying, but that's been going on for a decade. Nobody wants to admit to that. That's likely why. Either way, heart disease, the second. 
and respiratory disease. It's just, it's, and then if you go one more down, you can see Wales, where heart disease, 10% of all deaths, heart disease. Staggered. Now here's Andrew Bridgeton in front of the parliament saying, can we talk about this? Doesn't the public deserve to know what's going on? Do we even know where this excess death is coming from? Crickets. He's been raising this for over six months, and we've been pointing it out. And nobody cares. How do you explain that? Where The point is that people are screaming about this, and they're at, look, there's barely anybody there. They don't, they don't even want to be there for this conversation. Because they know, guys. That's my opinion. But how else do you explain this? You don't just ignore an unprecedented increase in excess death. Unless... You're hiding something. Well, here's another ridiculous Alice in Wonderland example. Well, guess what was just approved by the FDA? Remdesivir. Remdesivir is now approved for, it says the CDC thinks men can breastfeed now and thinks the FDA, and the FDA thinks remdesivir works despite higher deaths, which we've proven. The top scientists in the docs don't work for the government, and they prove it again. I I really, I, I genuinely, it's, this is one of those things that we just, it, I don't know how to even explain this. The, I, the bottom line is we can prove based on their science that this is exponentially dangerous. 50% in the study we pointed at in the, in the New England Journal of Medicine deaths after use of this in the study. I just, it's just mind-blowing, and they approve this. This is like the midazolam aspect of the UK. Like there's just there's no explanation Especially when they're refusing to allow things that we know are far, far safer. Well, here's the CDC zone. Go out and get both your monkeypox vaccines. Guys, this was July 18th. <laughs> this, is last, this is this week. Monkeypox vaccines? We need to begin to realize that this is on the surface profiteering. Like these things are captured. I don't believe that there's, if you are working at the CDC and you think this makes sense, then you are either too stupid to know that this is not a problem or you don't care. I've been saying that a lot because that's truly what I believe. How can you recommend this as something healthy for people? Say, you're not telling them if you're sick. You're saying, go out and get them no matter what. That's ridiculous. Especially since we've already proven the ones they're giving are one of the most dangerous things we've seen. We're talking about the overlap with the smallpox vaccines, but I'm not going to get into that more today. Here is John Campbell, Dr. John Campbell, pointing out something, again, on top of everything else. As he's revealing, and you can look up his videos for yourself, the point is that we've already gone over this. The peer-reviewed science that these injections, along with just about everything under the sun, are connected now, according to the WHO, to multiple sclerosis. But they're totally safe and effective. So there we go. World Health Organization, quite surprising, really. COVID-19 vaccinations can induce multiple sclerosis. From the WHO uh, itself. Um. And I can tell you about this one because it is an official WHO site. Um, let's hope that WHO publish more so I'm free to discuss more pathology. He's talking like this because of the way YouTube controls the way they can speak, right? The point, though, is that this is just about everything under this. Like, what can't this vaccine do except kill, like, like except stop COVID-19, right? Like, it's just, or help you at all. I mean, literally everything you can search, you'll find associative, like, peer-reviewed science that find an association with just about everything, which a lot of those, are, lot of those can argue, are arguably very small percentages. But the bottom line, the peer-reviewed science shows that these things are a net harm. According to the most recent British Medical Journal discussion of the bivalent shot, 
and that they increase your risk of getting sick the more you take. There's been now two studies recently that found that. The more shots you got, the more your risk of getting sick. This is what the current level of the science is showing. These aren't opinions. This is not some fringe website. These are leading scientific journals, and they still pretend it's not happening. bit concerning about what's going to happen over the next couple of years in terms of prevalence. But, um, right. We'll find out, won't we? Yeah, the point is that once you see an explosion of multiple sclerosis in a year, two years, they'll refuse to associate it with the injection. We already see how this goes. This is the East Palestine version of what we're seeing, or rather the, this is like the same kind of idea of spreading out the problem and delaying the, the discussion. So once we finally get to it, they're like, you can't prove it. Nobody knows. How do you say that's associated with this? It's been too long. That's where we are. It's the same kind of game. Here's another clip from Dr. Drew with Dr. Michael, Dr. Michael Eden, who has been just speaking out about this since the very beginning. Has a lot of courage. He, what he's telling you is something we've also already discussed. Lipid nanoparticles have been shown since at least 2013 to collect and accumulate in your ovaries. Guess what? Pfizer's own study showed you that, and they still lied about it, just like everything else, of course, including the fact that we now know that their phase three study showed you a 36% increase in risk of getting of serious adverse events compared to not even taking it. And they lied and said 95% effective, safe and effective. Watch this clip, and I'll show you that when we come back. Um, the, uh, the, I think a real, it, this is something that's so shocking. Uh, you will make, you may remember that the J and J and AstraZeneca, they were DNA vaccines and they had a so-called attenuated, uh, virus. I think it was an adenovirus, but the mRNA products from Moderna and, and Pfizer BioNTech, they were encapsulated in a formulation. It's normal to formulate drugs, to give them structure and to allow them to travel around the body in slow release and so on. What did they pick? Lipid nanoparticles, LNP. I found a paper dated 2013, I think it was, 2012 or 2013, and in which it was discussed in a peer-reviewed journal article paper that lipid uh, nanoparticles, the, the macro carriers for these molecules, are known to have a characteristic that's rather upsetting. That characteristic is they accumulate in the ovaries of every species tested. And in the case of the Pfizer product, the Japanese regulators required Pfizer to perform a distribution study in rats, which they did. And we've seen a copy of that report under the Freedom of Information Act. And lo and behold, it accumulates um, in the ovaries of rats. This formulation was chosen, in my view, in the full knowledge that it would accumulate in the ovaries of girls and women. That, I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen, is what's happened to every single female administered this material. And let's not forget that they, I don't know why this was not like, it's, it's like something that should be on Saturday Night Live. That the FDA quite literally asked for 75 years. I just th that is one of the most obviously criminal aspects of all of this. Nothing about that makes sense other than let's hope that we can push this off until nobody is even alive anymore. And then, of course, what did we see when they were forced to all of the evidence and everyone's ignoring it in the corporate discussion? Just like this, right? The September 2022 peer reviewed study finding that the reevaluation, right, the secondary analysis of their own phase three data was that the Pfizer trial exhibited a 36% higher risk of serious adverse events, death, hospitalization, permanent disability in the vaccine group compared to not taking it. 
It's just it's just so frustrating that we have to keep pushing with things that are like even the crowd saying trust the science. And we're like, well, here's the science. They go fake news. It's, it's this is a this is a cult. I don't know how else to describe it. Two party illusion stuff. But again, down here, it even says the, in, they say, well, the you know, FDA said it, it was balanced between groups. And they said, in contrast, to what the FDA said, we found the excess risk of the though they're telling you the FDA lied. It's Pfizer lied. They all, and there's no way to misunderstand this. And then you have to realize it's because, likely, this is a military operation. Well, here is Adam Creighton pointing out the COVID-19 vaccines cause injuries at 24 times the rate of ordinary scheduled vaccines, according to New South, New Western Australian data published last week. It's their own information, guys. And we used to go over these constantly. You remember? It's the point. In my, in my opinion, this has already been completely exposed. We're just reestablishing over and over the same thing, which don't, there's value to that for sure. But you can see this is their own information. You can check it for yourself. It's unbelievable, guys. You just can't ignore what you're looking at. 24 times, the, and this is their information, and yet we're, we're still confused. We're baffled about what's going on with excess death. This is the vaccines were safe and effective, they said. It's the unvaccinated who are dying, they said. Well, here is May 2022 showing you the comparative points. And this is only 70 and above. But they're, they're the ones that are supposed to be most at risk, right? Well, let's take a look. Green is unvaccinated. The lowest category in every single month compared to any other category. Right? One dose, two dose, three dose. Every single one of them has a higher, uh, higher mortality rates. Now, look, at the bottom, you can, you can argue... Well, the, you, look, the way the reason he did this on this age is because you can't argue that they, you know, some are younger and some are older. They're all old. They're all 70, 79. There's no way you misunderstand this. The, if you've got more injections in your body, you're dying more. Pretty obvious. And if you're if incredibly objective, you could argue certainly something else could be involved, but you can't ignore it, which is what's happening. Children's Health Defense puts out a, a Brian Hooker video with, which, or with Children's, Children's Health Defense, but Brian Hooker's the one presenting. Which remember he goes back to the to, to CDC. He's the whistleblower about the Vax documentary and what they found about autism, and then it all got covered up. And now we know it's real. And the point is that he has been covering this forever. I saw him speak in in Nashville, and he's one of the ones along with our uh, um, uh, J- J- James Lyons Weiler, PhD, and and the ones that worked with him who have done actual Vax versus unvax studies. And it's you find the same thing every single time. It's it's hard, and they just don't want to talk about it vaccinated versus unvaccinated study where we actually mined the medical records from three pediatric practices and we saw that children who were vaccinated in their first year of life even if they received one vaccine or more in their first year of life uh, were 2.48 times more likely to be diagnosed with a gastrointestinal disorder than uh, those who were not vaccinated at all during their first year of life. This is also from the same study, developmental delays, asthma, and ear infections. If, again, this was just receiving one vaccine or more during your first year of life. So we lumped in the partially and the fully vaccinated into the same group and compared them to the unvaccinated. And then we got twice as many developmental delays, 4.5 times as much asthma, and twice as many ear infections. It's just wild. It's so transparently obvious. Here's what he says. Breaks down the data from one of the studies where he evaluates the vaccination data. 
Children are 2.48 more li- times more likely to have that ga- gastrointestinal disorder, 2.18 times more likely to have developmental delays, 4.48 times more likely to have asthma. I mean, it's exactly what we found. Uh, our, uh, James Lyons Wilder found as well. M- exponentially more well visits in the first so many years of life. They just don't care. Nobody wants to hear this in the corporate discussion. And you can easily vet this for yourself. And the people out there screaming that there's no problem with any vaccination, or rather that he's an anti-vax for pointing this out, don't want to even engage with this conversation. There's an inherent level of dishonesty there. Now, on the idea of long COVID, long vax, we've been making this point from the very beginning. And this just adds to what we've been saying, that they're finally beginning to admit, what for whatever reason, at some small level, which is probably just release valve, still trying to argue long COVID's way worse, but long vax is real now, but the super rare... Sound familiar? Remember how this went before? Myocarditis is fake news. Myocarditis is real, but it's super rare. Yeah, where are we today, right? Well, same thing's happening now, right? The new study comes out. Rare link between coronavirus vaccines and long COVID-like illness starts to gain acceptance. My God, it's just, it's like pulling teeth. It's like hurting cats. But the point is that you, they're just never going to admit it. It's impossible. The reality is, if you admit, which it's obvious, that there is a, a vaccine-induced problem that looks just like long COVID, and we've got multiple studies arguing that long COVID is mostly psychosomatic, maybe, couldn't we argue if these people are objective at all, that maybe that's all long vax? <gasps> no way, can't do that. Mainstream publications and regulatory agencies have buckled up, buckled to public pressure to admit the COVID-19 injection can cause injuries like myocarditis, pericarditis. But until recently, they've published little or nothing about the substantial number of people suffering from autoimmune disease after vaccination. Now, that's a broad category, right? But the point is, we've already shown you, whether it's autoimmunity, whether it's immune suppression, the point point is that the injection has been shown undeniably to cause lymphocytopenia, the dysregulation of your immune system, which then makes you more susceptible to all sorts of things let alone specifically autoimmunity or, or immune suppression, you are susceptible to illness. You're just more sickly. It's undeniable, science, peer-reviewed science. But what they're showing you now is that this is identical to what they're telling you is long COVID. On July 3rd, the, the, science, the study we just showed you on science confirmed that these things are, in fact, linked to this. It's not a question. They're just saying it's rare, but now they've admitted it. So you can't pretend, you know, multiple sclerosis. I mean, remember what I used to say in the beginning? How many super rare problems can you put in a pile before you add up this, the, the percentages that in general, the risk of just causing something other than helping you is obviously higher than help. There's no way to I mean, look at the list of side effects. I don't care if you make them all 0.01%, you combine them all, you have a really substantial risk, but then you realize that most of these are not 0.01% and you realize where we actually are and why so many people are suffering. Science reported that in addition to abnormal blood clotting and heart inflammation, the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines give rise to another apparent complication. Shocking. This, well, I'll just go to the, the study itself. It says another apparent complication, a debilitating suite of symptoms that resembles long COVID. <laughs> no, it's exactly the same thing. Has been more elusive. It's linked to vaccination, unclear, and it's diagnostic features, ill-defined. Now, the reason they're saying this is because doctors are aggressively resistant to even asking these questions, let alone discussing them. And once you finally force the conversation, they're unwilling to admit that the injection is even dangerous. So you think about how impossible that is to get this even on a scientific study. 
But in recent months, what some long call long vax has gained wider acceptance among doctors and scientists, and some are now working to better understand and treat its symptoms. Why? Because they're literally seeing it every day. Quote, you see one or two patients and you wonder if it's a coincidence, says this neurologist and researcher at Harvard Medical School. But by the time you've seen 10, 20, she continues trailing off. That's where, where there's smoke, there's fire. She's talking about long vax. Cases seem very rare. Well, you literally just got a quote from somebody telling you that it's exploding and your next sentence is super rare. Far less common than long COVID. Okay, here's what's so embarrassing about this. You realize that long COVID still to this day is not something anybody has proven. Let me prove this to you. Here's Pfizer's own page from July 13th. It's last week. The challenges of defining, understanding, and addressing long COVID. Here's what it says. In addition to the devastating effects that acute infection can have, which is not even true, well, I guess it's certainly possible, but less than the flu, according to the peer-reviewed science from then and now, can have on those at high risk and severe illness. So, so even they say so-called long COVID also occurs in people who do not have increased risk factors, as well as in those who are mildly ill or asymptomatic during their initial infection. Asymptomatic meaning they're not sick at all, in fact, because that's not how respiratory viruses work. But it says the long COVID puzzle. Quote, the scientific community is working on different pieces of the puzzle, says this PhD. Okay, and it says, quote, when we merge the real world evidence, and of course, we're talking about observation at this point, with an understanding of the science, such as looking at how a disease or condition affects physical changes in a patient, we will see a most holistic, a more holistic picture. We just need to find a few critical pieces of the puzzle in order to answer some key questions. Okay, well, so far, you'd be like, they probably got it on lock, right? They just have a couple last questions and we'll know what this is, right? What kind of questions you would think they need? Here they are. For example, what is long COVID? How does it happen? What organ systems does it impact and why? How should it be treated? Can it be prevented? What causes it? <laughs> but right now, there isn't even a clear definition. That's Pfizer telling you that. The point is, it's, it is, it is illusory. It is, it is SIDS. It is SADS. It is, we have no idea, but we're going to label it long COVID because that's easier to hide the vaccine side effects. That'd be my opinion. But realize, without any question, I already showed you the science.org study from months ago that made the same point. Here are the three leading uh, hypotheses behind what this is. We don't know. They haven't proven that. But yet, literally right now, there's doctors telling people they have long COVID. Explain that for me. It's the same as the trans conversation. And proving there's no long-term evidence. And they're literally telling people it's reversible. Explain it. Something's wrong. That's what. It's, It's just absolutely incredible. Back to this. It says, uh, oh, that, that was right. That was all here. Back to the article for Zero Hedge. Oh, actually, yeah, that was it in general. So the point is, they're just simply telling you that this is there. So long vax is real, according to the peer-reviewed science. But the interesting part to me is if we know that long, long COVID, according to last week from Pfizer, and of course, the science you can look at, science.org and others, they don't know what it is, right? So explain for me how science in this, or rather specifically this author, Gretchen and Jennifer here, how these authors can argue that it's less common than something we don't know. Right. It's less common than something we can't prove and don't even know what causes it. Right. That's science for you. <laughs> Not all science as the people in the, in the narrative, but science, the scientific method would have been very clear if they were doing it right there. It would have been like, well, we don't know, but OK. Well, here's the, what I keep showing people. Another this was posted on April 7th. Another peer reviewed study just found that long COVID is largely psychosomatic. 
The newest study finds that long COVID is, quote, associated with factors other than SARS-CoV-2 infection, including psychosocial factors. It's not hard to see. They're basically saying in both of these that there are multiple factors, most of which have nothing to do with with SARS-CoV-2. So this and the peer-reviewed science taken in conjunction with the facts, with the studies, on top of that, we know by and, and, and on top of even that, knowing that they don't even know what long COVID is, you see the picture. It's this is willful ignorance about what's happening. These are vaccine side effects. It's very clear. That's why people like Dr. Maxime Asim Holtra are saying we're we're likely dealing with the greatest miscarriage of medical science, damage to the population, health, and attack on democracy we will witness in our lifetime. But, but under no illusion, Big Pharma is the enemy of democracy. Time to give the power back to the people. This, this post says, during Pfizer's clinical trial of the mRNA COVID vaccine, 21 people died in the vaccine arm, right? 15 in the placebo. Yes, you read that correctly. We've talked about this. Then, if you look at the cause of death, four died due to cardiac arrest in the vaccine arm, one in placebo. Yes, you read that correctly. Now, of course, after you just get a lot of narrative. Well, that happened within 14 days, so that one doesn't count. This one, we don't even know if it's associated, so we're going to pretend like he wasn't there. Yeah, that's actually what happened. We've gone over this. That's why when you go back and look at their reevaluation, what do you know? It's actually quite deadly, and we're being lied to. But the corporate media and all the experts and scientists and doctors are lying to you if they don't tell you that, because it's right there. Oh, and let's not forget, somebody just sent this to me again. I just thought it was important to reiterate this. July 30th, 2020, right? We're just getting into the COVID illusion. You must not do your own research when it comes to science, they wanted you to think. I wonder why that is, don't you think? I wonder why. Now that we're watching their entire narrative completely collapse on its face, I wonder why they didn't want you poking into the... Because it's obviously why you would see that they were lying. Now, I want to point out one more thing. And just, again, if you want to look back at our recent shows, we were just talking about the investigation into East Palestine's controlled burn found that it was unnecessary. Norfolk Southern willfully omitted information directly from the expert when telling the fire chief that we needed to, you know, letting him make the choice without telling him that the expert said it was likely not going to explode. That's what we now know. We now know that this person personally, Alan Shaw personally, did not relay that information. And then they made a choice based on limited information, not including the most important part, which would be that it's probably not going to explode. Then they did it anyway. They dumped it on the ground with nothing there, which is clearly causing the problem we're seeing today. Nobody cares about that in the EPA, Biden's White House, nobody. Because we, you know why. The same reasons we're being lied to about the vaccines. We just talked about gender dysphoria contradiction. We'll get to that at the end. Eugenics, rebranded as healthcare. Graphene oxide in COVID injections is a question. We went over the evidence that you can see. You can look at it for yourself. It's important to go back and look at these. Now, on the note of East Palestine, I thought this was one point that's interesting. Derek is going to write something on this, I believe. This was a month ago. Pesticide, pesticide firms withheld brain toxicity studies from EU regulators. Shocking. Right? It's just, it's just so ridiculously on the surface. You think these regulators are keeping you safe? You think that the companies are working for your best interest? Guys, they are working hand in hand. And just when you catch it like this, they go, oh, no, it was the bad apple, an anomaly. We'll quickly cover it up and keep going forward. And it happens again. And it happens again. And it happens again. Pesticide companies fail to disclose a series of studies assessing brain toxicity to the regulators, according to a new study, despite the same studies having been submitted to U.S. regulators. 
which they also don't care about. Clearly, we're watching them use the step anyway. When the EU authorities were made aware of the studies between 14 and 21 years after they were conducted, new safety limits were applied. Great. So 21 years of using something super dangerous because this company was allowed to not even use the data that showed they were dangerous. And now you just apply it. No, nothing happens. No one's being put in jail. Nothing. Just move forward. Right. Because they're not they're not breaking the law, you see, because it was an agreement. Clearly, that'd be my opinion. The researchers described the omissions as outrageous, concluding that apparently non-disclosure is a problem that is not rare. <laughs> yeah. Wake up, guys. And that not and that there could be, quote, no reliable safety evaluation of pesticides by EU authorities without full access to all performed toxicity studies or rather just end that sentence early. There are no reliable safety evaluation of pesticides in these countries because they don't care. I think that's pretty damn clear. Look at what's going on in East Palestine and you tell me I'm wrong. Well, in regard to your health and the cover-up of this entire conversation from a thousand different angles, I thought it would be important to talk about what just happened in Congress. It really is a clown show. Like, I, I, I almost, it's almost impossible to watch because of how it overtly dishonest seemingly everybody is being. And it just, it's just so sad that to sit here as somebody who can see through both sides of the two-party paradigm and watch how this is how we're represented to people around the world. Now, I've, I'm going to get into after this segment about my critiques, in particular around his stance on Israel. And also in just general, you guys should know that I don't, I, I think that our, I mean, getting into the, I'm not supporting any candidate, let's put it that way. Nonetheless, truth is truth. So you can feel free to take this as somehow of an endorsement, which is weird. People are doing that all over the place right now. It's not. The point, though, is that what he, what he says here I do think is important, and I do think that he was unjustly censored very clearly. And even the point is, even to begin this meeting, as I'm sure all of you have seen, the F, the, how, how absurd it is to have a, 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 a hearing on censorship and have them try to censor him before it even starts. That's literally what happened. As much as they try to reframe it as a rule, and it is a rule that's present, and, but the point is they argue he was going to say things that would defame people, and so they had to remove it to executive session where you wouldn't be allowed to see it. It's, this, it's censorship from a different name, because obviously what he is saying has nothing to do with defaming anybody. He's simply stating what he thinks is the reality, and he is acutely in the right position to discuss censorship, right? I mean, there's no questioning that. But as I said, such a clown show. The U.S. government is a laughingstock. I truly believe that. And it's not because of anything we have done. It's because our country has been taken from us. It's so depressing to watch how utterly submersed they all are in their own BS. I doubt many of them even realize that they're wrong as they regurgitate their lobbyist intelligence crafted statements. I mean that exactly as I said it. So you can watch the full thing here. It's like four hours long. But let's get into some important points here. Now, first of all, that, the point that I just made. The, oh, and one thing you'll see in a second as we get to the end of the segment, I thought I thought was really interesting that when I said this, my point was just it really and to be right out of the gate, far, far more so on the side of the left in this context than the right. But, you know, my feeling on the whole thing it always is the same. But what's interesting is you're going to see somebody come out at the end, another person after I post. I don't think they're taking necessarily off my tweet, but you kind of using the same framing in regard to how allowing RFK to even speak is Exactly the same framing. He even used the word clown show. I just thought that was very interesting. But let's let's go to Aaron Siri. Eight out of 18 members of Congress participating in a hearing regarding the government's role in censoring Americans 
literally sought to censor RFK from speaking at the hearing about censorship. As Benjamin Franklin said, whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must begin by subduing the free acts of speech. Or as Harry Truman said, once a government is committed to the principles of silencing the voice of opposition, it has only one place to go, and that is down the path of increasingly repressive measures until it becomes a source of terror to all its citizens and creates a country where everyone lives in fear. Welcome to the new normal. Now, here is Thomas Massey pointing out that he moved to table the, the Debbie Washerman Schultz, like this, this creature from some kind of horror movie who has been continually shown to be dishonest, going all the way back to the DNC and the cigars in back rooms. Yeah, that was her. Or we can go into the, uh, the uh, was it the Amon brothers? Or I forget the, you know, the point is that this, this woman has been immersed in some of the most obviously corrupt actions and, and, and uh, you know, the Clintons overlap. I mean, my God. And here she is shutting down, trying to free speech in real time. And it says they won the vote and Mr. Kennedy was allowed to speak. So why were they afraid to let him speak? Well, you're going to see why. Here's them voting on this, first of all. Democrats trying to prevent RFK from testifying. What they say, it just makes my point. You know, They could just say voting no, yes or no. It's a yes or no vote. But the way they have to add their insert little snipes, like yes, in a Soviet world or whatever they're saying, it's, why? Because RFK is going to speak? Yes, that's it. Now, part of me, and I've been saying this a lot, feels very like, like we're being driven to support this person. Maybe that's the case. I think we need to remember that Trump, I quite frankly believe, was allowed to. And we, we have the WikiLeaks admin, uh, information that, on Clinton emails where they literally discussed making sure he was on that final stage. People argue it's because they thought they, that that would help them win. Maybe not, though. Right. We always have to think that there could be more going on. I don't know that. I don't know that for sure. But we should ask that because the way they're engaging with this is, is cartoonish to me, like more so than usual. Maybe it's the Alice in Wonderland effect. Here's what they said. No to allowing a witness to degrade and this is not others time. and violate the rules and not have his testimony and degradation and amplified rather than given an executive session. Right, so all she had to do was say no, right? No. But she has to say that like the idea that he's going to speak at all, some kind of some kind of it's, I don't even know. Like they're framing this like allowing him to speak is going to destroy our democracy which is literally the opposite of the Constitution. It's just so embarrassing. Mr. Schultz votes no. Mr. Connolly? No to the Soviet Mr. Politburo. The Soviet Politburo. I mean, these people are clowns. Mr. Connolly votes no. Mr. Garamendi? No. Mr. Garamendi votes no. Mr. Allred? Ms. Garcia? No. Ms. Garcia votes no. Mr. Goldman? No to hate speech. Mr. Goldman votes no no to hate speech see they they are still standing on this absurd ethnic bioweapon conversation i mean look anybody honest can quite clearly see that that was a video filmed which i'll make a point again in a second without his knowledge so pretending he didn't cite things he didn't even know he was being filmed and they, they posted it against his without his acknowledgement and on top of that what he said was very clear but you've even got people in the right leaning category going yeah he said it was ethnic bioweapon just like we said he didn't say that, guys. That's not even remotely what he said. And you can watch it for yourself. He even went out of his way to say, well, we don't know if it's intentional or not. We just know that they're working on these things. And on top of that, the Chinese aspect of this, as far as I can tell, is not even part of the study. So he could have misspoke. I don't know. But people out there that are promoting that are saying, yeah, Chinese did it. It's like it's not even in the study. You guys are all ridiculous. No. So they voted no to not allow this person to speak 
at a censorship hearing. Like, I swear, this is a sitcom. So, I thought it was important. Josh Walker posted his opening statement. So let's listen to it. I do think this is very well said, and I think it has. I think it's important whether or not you support him. Start, Chairman. I read the statement for a moment and address one of the uh, points that was brought up. I think an important point by the ranking member that this body ought to be concerning itself with the uh, with issues that impact directly the American people. Rising price of groceries, 76% over the past two years for basic foodstuff, uh, the war in Ukraine, the inflation issues, the border issues, many, many other issues that concern us all as a nation. We can't do that without the First Amendment, without debate. Uh, when I gave my speech, my announcement speech in Boston uh, two months ago, YouTube, I, I talked about all those issues. I focused on grocery. I focused on the fact that working class people can no longer afford to live in this country. I talked about inflation, all the issues that deeply concern you and that you've devoted your career to alleviating those issues. Five minutes into my speech, when I was talking about Paul Revere, YouTube deplatformed me. I didn't talk about vaccines in that speech. I didn't talk about anything that be, could be was a verboten subject. Right, so just so it's clear, he was having another discussion. Now, he has talked about those things, but in this video, the one that suddenly got censored that was like the big discussion had nothing to do with any of it. Right, so if, you're, if you pretend that was, you know, an attack on him and he's the honest person, I mean, there's just no misunderstanding that. They're stopping him from being able to speak because he's threatening to them. Or... We're being driven to support him, and they did it the most flashy possible way. Since him about just talking about things we all talk about, right? I, you could take it for what you want, but either way, it's wrong. We all know that. And it, so, one of the things you're going to hear, I, I've actually no, I don't think I included it, but we talked about the the we've talked a lot about the the whistleblowers from the FBI and the conversation that they're the one their thing they're making clear is this just wasn't about censoring. They make, he, they make points in this in this hearing as well about the malinformation side of this, and the bottom line is you can prove it's about true information. That they it's just is inconvenient for the government. That's why we we've now proven that it think they've asked them to censor things that they just disagree with Biden's policies, the things that just disagree with government policies. Now this is why it's so on the surface that's not about what's dangerous. They just don't want you to be able to express what you're saying at a time when it's important for them to solidify the narrative. So it's dishonest at the core, and they're using the lie that they're trying to stop dangerous misinformation. That's why they're calling him an anti-Semite and calling him a hate speech spreader. It's just blatantly untrue. And that's not saying we're, you know, supporting him for his run of first candidacy. That's just the truth. I just was talking about my campaign and things, the conversation that we ought to be having with each other as Americans. But I was shut down. And that is why the First Amendment's important. Debate, congenial, respectful debate is the is the fertilizer, it's the water, it's the sunlight for our democracy. We need to be talking to each other. Now, there, this is a letter that many of you signed, many of my fellow Democrats. I've spent my life in this party. I've devoted my life to the values of this party. This 102 people signed this. This itself is evidence of the problem that this hearing was convened to address. 
This is an attempt to censor a censorship hearing. The, the, the charges in this, and, and by the way, censorship is antithetical to our party. It was, it was appalling to my father, to my uncle, to FDR, to Harry Truman, to Thomas Jefferson, as the chairman referred to. It is the basis for democracy. It sets us apart from all of the previous forms of government. We need to be able to talk, and, and the First Amendment was not written for easy speech. It was written for the speech that nobody likes you for. And I was, I was censored not just by the Democratic administration. I was censored by the Trump administration. Two, there's two points that are important right there, right? One. And give it a talk, and, and the First Amendment was not written for easy speech. Right. It, you know, the idea that we talk about this a lot, you know, what he's saying there is that that includes things that are wildly offensive, but they're just words. And that's the First Amendment. And that's why these three truly walking a path of integrity is, is, main, is holding to these lines. Yeah, you, if you don't support free, if you don't support protecting the worst speech out there, you don't support free speech. And that's OK. If you want to if you just be honest about that and be like, I actually don't support free speech. And here's why. And make an argument for it. That's what we're supposed to be doing, you see, but that's not what's happening. They're arguing censorship is free speech, but we just have to get rid of the bad speech. It's, a, it's ridiculous. It's inherently countered the concept of free speech. And he's making that point, and I agree with. And then he makes the point that he was also censored under Trump's administration, right? And this, we just need to get past the two-party illusion of all this. It was written for the speech administration. I was censored by the Trump administration. I was the first person censored by, the, as the chairman pointed out, by the Biden administration two days after it came into office. It ordered a truthful, and by the way, they had to invent a new word called malinformation to, to, to censor people like me. There was no misinformation on my Instagram account. Everything I put on that account was cited and sourced to peer-reviewed publications or government databases. Nobody has ever pointed to a single piece of misinformation that I publish. I was removed for something they called malinformation. Malinformation is information that is true, but is inconvenient to the government. And don't forget, we've seen, we've seen that constantly through COVID-19. St studies that were removed because, well, we, it, even though it's true, it's going to be misunderstood. That was early. We saw that with mass studies where they just said, well, there's nothing incorrect about this, but it's being misused by conspiracy theorists. I mean, it, it's just as plain as day. Nobody should have been okay with this. That they don't want people to hear. And, it, and that's antithetical to the values of our country. After I announced my presidency, it became more difficult for people to censor me outright. So now I'm subject to this new form of censorship, which is called targeted propaganda, where people apply pejoratives like anti-vax. I've never been anti-vaccine. But everybody in this room probably believes that I have been, because that's the prevailing narrative. Anti-Semitism, racism, these are, are the most appalling, disgusting pejoratives. Don't forget, they are the exact same things leveled at any other person. Like we saw with, uh, what's his name, I'm blanking off the top of my head, in Corbyn in, in the U.K., or, or Roger Waters, 
who very clearly does something right out of a, a rock opera, playing a character we can all look up and know he's done more than once, but suddenly now he's an anti-Semite because we don't like he, what he's saying about something else. Right? It, it's just, it's, it's the same old things. You're a racist, white supremacist, hate speech spreading. It's, it's just, it's a mantra. Now, yes, there, those things do exist, and there are some people out there other than hate speech, which is a random term that just means mean words. But the point is that ultimately there are people that are bad out there that say things that are mean and things that are disgusting. But the idea of throwing these things at somebody based on a completely made-up allegation because you're trying to suppress them, like, I don't even think that's working anymore. In fact, I think it's getting the opposite. It's like a Streisand effect at this point. And they're applied to me to silence me because... People don't want me to have that conversation about the war, about groceries, about inflation, about the war on the middle class in this country that we need to be having. And, and by the way, I want to say this while I'm on the record, that in my entire life, and why I'm under oath, in my entire life, I have never uttered a phrase that was either racist or anti-Semitic. I have spent my life fighting my professional career, fighting for Israel, for the protection of Israel. I have a better record on Israel than anybody in this chamber today. I'm the only person who has publicly objected to the $2 billion payout that the Biden administration is now making to Iran, which is a, is a, a genocidal program. Yeah, I mean, guys, I don't know whether he is completely, in my opinion, completely lost on the concept of Israel and, and everything he just said there, in my opinion, or he's saying these things to get elected and then he's going to change it, or he believes them. I don't know. But I think it's, he has completely lost the plot when it comes to Israel. I think his, his stance is completely morally un, indefensible. And I'll, I'll go into that in a second. Somebody pointed out in the chat a great point. Like, you know, is he now re, re, uh, re, is reconsidering his stance about Roger Waters, Right. Interesting how now he's in the same boat, right? So maybe he can stand back and go, oh, okay, maybe Roger Waters wasn't doing something the same way I wasn't. You know, think about that. It's a great point. But, you know, the idea, well, first of all, the idea of the Iran conversation, that goes back, that goes back to Obama, right? And the idea, the, we should know by now, hopefully people in our, in our chat know by now how aggressively misrepresented Iran in the conversation of both the JCPOA, all these deals have been so aggressively misrepresented. Don't forget that the U.S. government just admitted that they are not trying and have never been trying to make a nuclear bomb. That's uh, the state. They literally just admitted that, even though we've proven it. And the IAEA has said it roundly. Israel still lies about that. The point is that this was an agreement made. And you can, you can argue that the money being sent is like, I don't, I don't, I don't think any money should be being sent overseas right now, especially because Americans are suffering. But, you know, let's, let's revisit what constantly flows over to Israel. I'm sure Kennedy doesn't care about that. Right. So there's a contradiction there. Either way, the point is I'll come back to the Israel discussion because I, I think he's just aggressively wrong there and whether he knows it or not. But either way. I'm the only one who's objected to that. I fought more ferociously for Israel than anybody. Indeed. But I am being censored here through this target. Through you know, here, Here's a thought that we've often brought up and many people have that it's whether this could be a larger play. But it could be just as simple as this is meant to be used, where the ADL and these different groups, they lob these accusations in order to scare him into being even more aggressively supportive of everything Israel does, including ignoring all of their overt war crimes and absolute 
human rights violations and everything. You know, it's, it's, it's absurd. And maybe that's one of the reasons they do that. Just scaring him back. I'm more ferociously supportive than anybody because he's being called an anti-Semite. Because, even though we know that's ridiculous. That's likely why. Through, through smears, through misinterpretations of what I've said, through lies, through association, which is a tactic that we all thought we had been discredited and dispensed with after the Army McCarthy hearings in the 1950s. No, no, that's where it was perfected. See, you had to understand the way these things actually went down, right? We didn't learn lessons. The government went, aha, okay, a tool we can use in the future. That's what happened. But those same weapons are now being deployed against me to silence me. I know many of the people who wrote this letter. I don't believe there's a single person who signed this letter who believes I'm anti-Semitic. I do not believe that. There is no evidence of that. I want to say something I think that's, that's more important, and it goes directly to what you talked about, ranking member, which is the, the, the need, the, the, this toxic polarization that is destroying our country today. Now, this is the point I think is important, really, more than all of it. Whether you think he means this or not, what he's about to say is important. And I think what, I mean, the way I take this is beyond the two-party paradigm, not that the, that the two fake sides start pretending that we're working together, like, they, like that we literally see beyond the way the government is trying to keep us fighting at each other's necks and move past that and recognize that the government is the entity we need to hold accountable, not the left, not the right, all of them. And every time they throw these arguments about it's the left doing this, we don't care. I don't want to hear it. Go back to your room and let me know when you've made a decision. Right? That's, that's how this needs to be engaged with. We don't want to hear your quibbles. Until you make a decision, you're stuck. No, no, we're not going to pass any bills that give you more money. No, we're not going to extend the government. The shutdown will be indefinite until you make a decision. Right? That's how it needs to be. And so we agree with that decision. Right? I'm not saying that's even likely in the near future, but the point is that we, the moment that we allow them to pretend that we are the problem or that your neighbor is the problem or that if we can't, you know, that the, the left only side of the problem, the right only is the only problem. And so we can get past that. We will always be stuck. We are mired. We are in the quicksand right now. It will never change. And they know that until we can see past the two party illusion. And I, somebody made the point earlier. I'm not, it's, it's, it's just a term we use in this country. Like right in the UK, for example, they deal with the same issue. They just have more parties. It's not just about a number. It's about the illusion of choice. That's what it comes down to. And how do we deal with that? We are more, this kind of division is more dangerous for our country than any time since the American Civil War. And how do we deal with that? How are we going to, every Democrat on this committee believes that we need to end that polarization no, they don't. Do you think you can do that by censoring people? I'm telling you, you cannot. You, that only aggravates and amplifies yep. the problem. We need to start being kind to each other. We need to start being respectful to each other. We need to start, start restoring the comedy to this chamber and, and, and to the rest of America. But it has to start here. My uncle, Edward Kennedy, has more legislation with his name on it, than any senator in United States history. Why is that? Because he was able to reach across the aisle. Because he didn't deal in insults. Because he didn't try to censor people. He brought home people who were antithetical to what he believed in. 
He came home almost every weekend with people like Orrin Hatch to our house at the compound in Hyannisport. At that time, Orrin Hatch to me was like Darth Vader because I was an environmentalist. And I was saying, why, why is Teddy bringing this guy home? But he knew that he was effective because he understood that comedy and respect and kindness and compassion and empathy for other people is the way that we have the only way to restore the function in this, in this chamber. But more importantly, today we need to give an example in the leadership of our country of being respectful to each other. If you think I said something that's anti-Semitic, let's talk about the details. I'm telling you all the things that I'm accused of right now by you. And in this letter are distortions, they're misrepresentations. I, said, I didn't say those things. And just like I've been saying about like the COVID conversation, doctors, nurses, right there, it's obvious to point out that she either likely knows that's completely ridiculous or she doesn't. And that, that, and that shows you that she's just completely either unwilling to look because she doesn't care or she's that stupid and willing to just take the, the collective narrative and be like, he said this, which, by the way, I'll make a point in a minute. We're seeing on all sorts of things, including right wing accounts that are actually, you know, it's, it's weird how you see this played. But it's I would argue she probably doesn't know or rather doesn't care that she's wrong. It's about just the, the political agenda. Right. There's fragments that I said, but I denounce anybody. Who, is, who uses the words that I have said to imply something that is negative about people who are Jewish. I never said those things. And I want to point out also that the chairman pointed to Dennis Kucinich's fight behind me. There is no two people in, in the country who feel differently about it, more differently about American politics than these two people. <laughs> and yet they were friends. Dennis attended his children's basketball games, attended his daughter's wedding. This is what we need, how we need to start treating each other in this country. We have to stop trying to destroy each other, to marginalize, to vilify, to gaslight each other. We have to find that place inside of ourselves of light, of empathy, of compassion, and above all, we need to elevate the Constitution of the United States, which was written for hard times, and that has to be the premier compass for all of our activities. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I, I mean, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I mean, I really want to believe in this person. I really, really want this person to be real. But, I, you know, you know, I've been I'm jaded. I, 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 I don't see how it's possible that this can be real, but I hope it is. I really do. I don't, dis I don't dissuade anybody from taking you. If you think you, I just even like taking the voting discussion. I'm not going to get mired in that because it'll I'll go off for 40 minutes, but I still don't see how it's even possible. If we, if we already understand that the voting system is completely broken and corrupted. But again, I just, I, that, that resonates with me, what he says right there, but really more bottom line is I want people, the average people don't think about this, like to the government, he's speaking to you. At least let's pretend that right to the average people, the left and the right, and the people that know better. We need to get past all of this. What he said, right? The ad hominem attacks. And there's always going to be the ridiculous punt, the, 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 the large people at the top of the left-right paradigm on social media that don't want it to change, who are going to scream that you're, you're a shill for the left if you say any of those things. And we just need to be, have the courage and the integrity and the wherewithal to see that that's stupid and move past it. Call them what they are. There's so much of it. 
Well, here's Chief Nerd pointing out Debbie Wasserman Schultz tries to Schultz <laughs> tries to further discredit Robert F. Kennedy. Somehow has managed to speak through that hair and tells you that he did not cite any study, like you're citing here now. This is the point I made before. The, the this this is somebody who is either aggressively dishonest, knowing how stupid, or I don't I don't know which one I'd rather which one makes more sense, or literally does not know that he's already cited this study. Or that that video was filmed without his knowledge. And so how could he possibly have cited the study when he doesn't even realize he's being recorded? <laughs> it's just so stupid. These people are ridiculous. Chairman, Mr. Chairman, we respectfully requested that you rescind Mr. Kennedy's invitation to be, appear here due to his repeated and very recent statements that spread dangerous anti-Semitic and anti-Asian conspiracy theories and attempted to move into executive <laughs> just, session because House wow. rules prohibit public testimony. I'll, I'll briefly play that. I'm not going to play the clip, but I'll show you the post I did on that again to show you how absurd it is. They, 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 Corbin, the rest of them, they just run forward. They just, they just run roughshod right over every conversation. Anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic, and tropes and conspiracy theories and white supremacy, and just, you just can't think, can't even talk. The point is, it's so obviously not the truth. It's just incredible. That degrades or defames people. His reckless rhetoric helped fuel anti-Semitic incidents, which for the record are at what? the highest level in the United States since 1970. Wait, 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 wait. So first of all, he just said this. Nobody's pretending he's ever before that said, because he hasn't said anything that's even remotely considered anti-Semitic. So now apparently what he said like two days ago is fueling anti-Semitic hate around the country. How could you possibly know that? They, they just don't care, guys. They just This is just the clumsy narrative. They just don't care. They have nearly tripled in the last six years. Six years, because his comment from a few days ago, six years. Yeah, work that one out. Since you gave Mr. Kennedy a megaphone today, I want to give him a chance to correct his statements and prepare some of the harm that he's helped cause. Mr. Kennedy, you're well-educated. So yes or no, please. Are you aware that for centuries, Jews have been scapegoated and blamed for causing illnesses like Black Plague and more recently COVID? Why is this even relevant? This is a, this is a hearing on censorship. So she's trying to go out of her way, wasting taxpayer dollars and your time to solidify a point that's already been passed. That we should have proved this to executive session because he's racist. They voted it's done. So now you're wasting time on a hearing about censorship to push and try to prove that he's racist. This is what a this is what an abuse of power looks like. I am. Those are known as blood libel, and they are one of the worst, the most disturbing parts of uh, human history. Good. I'm glad to know that, of course, that you that you acknowledge that. Of course, it's true and well documented that this pernicious form of anti-Semitism led to centuries of discrimination, even horrific pogroms and massacres, and it still fuels deadly violence today. Yet last week, you floated a finally we get to the point baseless conspiracy theory that the coronavirus was bioengineered no, to target Caucasians and Black people, nope. but to spare Ashkenazi Jews and Chinese people. Mr. Kennedy, your bizarre, unproven claim echoes that same. Except for peer-reviewed science that literally makes that claim. But, you know, let's forgive her for not being smart. Same historic slander of labeling Jews and Chinese people as a race, and that Jews, and in this case Chinese people, somehow managed to avoid a deadly illness that targets other groups for death. No, no, not even remotely. We're talking about genetics, not race, in her clumsy effort to make this about some kind of raci- racist comment, right? <laughs> Again, like, I just, I, 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 I can't help. This person... Anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> you do see that, yes or no? You're misstating. No, 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 no. Uh, you I, are... quoted, I quoted what you said earlier, and it, it is directly what you said. So just ask uh, me, uh, yes no, or no. I was, I was describing 
an NIH-funded study. No, 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 you didn't cite any. I was, I was describing an NIH-funded study by Cleveland Clinic Reclaiming scientists. my time. Reclaiming my time. You did not you, reference. Reclaiming my time. Published in USC Mr. Medical, Chairman, which is, is one of... The time is mine. I'm reclaiming it. Please ask the witness to stop talking. You asked me a question. Wow. Reclaiming. I, let me, allow me to answer my question. Mr. Chairman, I'd like about 10 time, seconds the back. Time, the time belongs. You are slandering me time incorrectly. To the, the time belongs time to You're saying is dishonest. Time belongs to the gentlelady from Florida. Myself. Mr. Chairman, time to the gentlelady from Florida. I'd like 15 seconds back. We will be happy to give you that. Thank you so much. You did not cite. Like, you, you, to try so hard because she's trying to set a narrative, right? And just him trying to go, no, that's not true. Stop, stop, stop. We don't want to hear it. Like, just that's, that's, you don't want someone to disrupt your false narrative. Because I'm, I'll show you right after this. He did not say that. Well, you know what? Let's just do it right now. Genetic differentials among different races of the, um, of the receptors, of the ACE2 receptor. Um, COVID-19 is targeted to attack uh, Caucasians and, uh, and, uh, and uh, black people. Now, right there, you can choose to pretend he meant that that's made that way, even though he right afterwards says that's not the case. And that's what a lot of these really ignorant people did or dishonest. But he didn't say that he, he goes right after to say it wasn't. Who knows if that's intentional, but then cites something directly out of a peer reviewed study. The people who are most immune are Ashkenazi Jews and uh, and Chinese. Which, by the way, I think is wrong. I, it, tell me where you've seen that. Now he could have just missed again. This isn't. I, I I make mistakes all the time talking off talking off off the cuff, right? He's at a dinner party. He does not think he's being filmed, which is just the, the classic corporate journalism garbage. Because understand, this is different than even like a a, a a Project Veritas thing, right? This isn't some, you know, he, the bottom line is the way that they're, and even they then will go after that and make it seem like what they do is ambush journalism. And at the very least, they then engage or, you know, it's like a date one-on-one thing. This is a group meeting where he knew they were there. He knew that they were there because there was a group dinner and then they just secretly recorded anyway. Like that's just disgusting, slimy. But so where would he, where would he insert his citation here? When in a film that he doesn't realize is being made, and but we don't know whether it was deliberately targeted that or not. But there are papers out there that show the you know the um, the racial and ethnic differential and of impact to that. And he says racial and ethnic differential. You know, I guess her 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 disgusting hair got in the way of her hearing. Like it's just either she didn't watch this, right, and she just repeated what she was told or she did and she's lying about it it's pretty simple we do know that the chinese are spending hundreds of millions of dollars developing ethnic bioweapons and we are developing ethnic bioweapons that's where all those yep and they both are both governments are doing that you can prove this stuff prove it study like you are citing here now whoa that was weird you did not cite any let me allow me to answer my question, Mr. Chairman. I'd like about ten time, seconds. The, back. Time, the time belongs. You are slandering me time incorrectly. To the, the time belongs. You're saying is dishonest. Time belongs to the gentlelady from Florida and myself. Mr. Chairman, time belongs to the gentlelady from Florida. I'd like fifteen seconds back. We will be happy to give you that. Thank you so much. You did not cite any study like you are citing here now during that conversation. You referenced no study at all. You simply labeled Jews and Chinese. Yeah, on a video he didn't know was being made. Like, how can you even make that argument? 
Because then he did post it and cite the study online. And then that study was only the abstract. And then even the New York Times, I believe, went on to cite that and say, nope, there's no reference here. Except if you look at the full study, there is. And I've shown that. They can't be this bad at their job. They just can't be. This is dishonest. Chinese people as a race. And you also said that somehow they managed to avoid a deadly illness that targets other groups for death. You don't see that. You're trying to rewrite history here. And by the way, he didn't say that. You just watched the clip, the full thing. So she's just making up words now. These people are so slimy and dishonest. Mr. Chairman, I have unanimous consent request. The gentleman from Kentucky is recognized for UC. I ask unanimous consent to introduce into the record a study that Mr. Kennedy just referenced. Uh, new insights into genetic susceptibility of COVID-19. Uh, the main body said that they investigated genetic susceptibility to COVID-19 by examining DNA polymorphism in ACE2 and TMPRSS2. Those are receptors for COVID in 81,000 human genomes, and they found unique genetic susceptibility across different populations. Right. I have another uh, document that I'd like to ask unanimous consent. Without objection? To submit, and this is uh, from the FDA, FDA Review of Efficacy and Safety of Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 Vaccine. This is dated December 10th, 2020, and it shows that the uh, Pfizer trial and the USDA broke down the effectiveness of the vaccine into seven different racial categories because this was also a concern of theirs, and it would frankly be delinquent not to study the uh, the effects across the but Mr. Ken- right. So, so Debbie Washerman Schultz is a complete lunatic liar, right? It's, I mean, it's as simple as that. Like you just can't recover. So you just tried to push past the fact you didn't cite anything and I don't even want to hear it. La, 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 la. That's what she's doing. So if he, so if he didn't cite it, then let him explain what it is. Cause you're trying to make some kind of gotcha moment based on a video that was filmed without him knowing it and say that he didn't cite it and just move past that. That's just, it's just inherently dishonest. Now here is the study as you new insights into genetic set. It's right there. We've already talked about this. Before I show you it again, this is the point I was making before. This died suddenly account, classically misinforming people seemingly all the time, saying COVID was not affecting 10% of the population, backing up claims by RFK Jr. that it in fact was an ethnic bioweapon. Even puts it in quotes. He didn't say ethnic bioweapon. I mean, do you guys try to misinform people? It doesn't matter. The point is... Even these right-wing accounts, some of them are out there saying what they want that to be the case. And I said, except that is not what he said. It is, however, what the establishment is falsely stressing that he said. So it's weird how Died Suddenly is in perfect agreement with Debbie Washington Schultz. Isn't that interesting? Maybe followers of this account should consider what that might actually demonstrate. Also, the Chinese aspect of this claim is not backed up by the study. So there's two very clear misinforming points because it goes on to say affecting Chinese or Ashton Jews nearly as much. No, that's either a misspoke or, it's, or he's lying. Point is, the study doesn't say that. And you can read it for yourself. I, I, I go into this in depth in another show where best, the point you can see right here is while Amish and Ashkenazi Jews populations do not appear to carry such variants. Now, if I'm missing something, please tell me. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chinese aspect was there, too. I just can't. I haven't seen it myself after going through these. Bottom line is if you can hear him say it, it's exactly what the study says. And we do know that both countries are working on them. There's just no every single person out there trying to frame this as a racist comment is a liar or too stupid to know that they're wrong. It's pretty obvious. Here, Je- Representative Jeffries goes on to make the exact opposite argument where it's a clown show because we can't allow RFK to lie and spew racist comments that he clearly didn't spew. These people are ridiculous. Republican hearings that have unfolded over the last few days 
and throughout this entire Congress are a malignant clown show that are not designed to address issues that impact the health, the safety, and the economic well-being of the American people, but instead peddle outlandish and out-of-control conspiracy theories. Like what? Of course, he'll never answer that because literally everything he's saying can be cited on peer-reviewed studies. But, you know, it's inconvenient to the narrative. The notion. And then my point would be, I highly doubt this complete puppet has any idea about any of that. He likely completely believes this and he thinks he's fighting for freedom because they're not really informed, most of them. But I don't know that for sure. That Republicans would give a congressional platform to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., yeah, somebody who was monumentally well th- seen or you know, had, had a great reputation, even in the, especially in the Democrat side, like 30 seconds ago. So the way that they're all acting like this is like the Ku Klux Klan being marched out to give testimony. It's just so ridiculous. This very person probably would have screamed his praise right before COVID-19. Who peddles anti-Semitic tropes and... Tropes? Oh, you mean the one thing he recently said that you guys call anti-Semitic? How does that account multiple things? Because that he just read what was written down, most likely. This guy's been spreading things his whole life. Nope, not, not true. But that's how they're trying to frame this, to make you think that he's just a classic anti-Semite. And baseless, xenophobic conspiracy theories, <laughs> which together are directed at the Jewish community nope. and the Chinese-American community. Not even close. Is unbelievable, which is why you can't take my Republican colleagues seriously. Any of them, apparently none, because all you know, this is this is the kind of thing that used to be seen as ignorance. And it still is like saying all black people are a certain way. Yeah, we, yeah, that's that's wrong. All Republicans. Oh, no, that one's OK. When they tell you that they believe in tolerance. Why would you give – This is this point I keep seeing thrown back and forth. It's so embarrassing. The two-party paradigm is so clearly falling apart, and they're all seemingly desperate. The idea that the, the low supposed tolerant left <laughs> – they're like the right supposedly tolerant. Who, is, who anywhere is saying that right now? They all seem to be screaming the opposite of tolerance. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., a congressional platform to spew his hatred. Hatred. Now he's spewing hatred. Like, look, if you're going to argue he said something that is an anti-Semitic trope, but the hatred, spewing his hatred. You realize just how over the top this is? This is what makes me wonder whether this is about driving towards him. Because this is, I just don't know how anybody can, eat, like even this person, no matter how ignorant and uninformed you are, how you could say something so blatantly untrue. Like he knows RFK Jr., you know, like at reputation or not. I mean, that's it's really interesting to me. Here's the answer. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is a living, breathing, false flag operation. Now, you know, this is where we get into the idea, which is seemingly true, that he's being largely funded by people that are funding the right side. That doesn't surprise me at all. Now, you can argue that's whatever you want it to be. I, I don't trust any of these people. I find it all to be super suspicious, every one of them with their funding. But what's interesting is that this makes sense in the way you see politics going right now. Obviously, he aligns far more with the left right now than the left in most ways we could talk about other than maybe climate change and 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 Second Amendment or, or you know, certain things. But everything else seems to be aggressively on the same point and very much different than what the Democrats are saying. So it doesn't surprise me at all. But you can pretend it's a false flag. 
You can argue it means there's some kind of surreptitious activity, but do you have any evidence of that? No. But that they don't need it, guys. They don't need it. Your government are the biggest spreaders of false theories. You know, you can call it conspiracy theories, but the point is that that, is, that term is something real. You can always discuss, you can theorize about how powerful people conspire. History is full of conspiring people in power. So it's really stupid to pretend like theorizing about it is somehow ridiculous. <laughs> the point, though, is that the government, if you want to call it conspiracy theory, is by far the biggest purveyor of these kind of theories, just like this. I'm not saying that's false. It's certainly a possibility, but none, not a single one of them have presented anything to prove this. They just go, look, he's being funded by the people from the right, so therefore he's working for the right. Well, maybe. See, we used to point those things out, but of course when we do it, and, and it, me, I'll, I'll always say my opinion, but of course when we just kind of discuss something and go, here's a possibility, conspiracy theory, we're not allowed to give our opinions. It's conspiracy theory. But literally all they do is give you half-baked theories and thoughts. And that's okay, though, because they're the experts. <laughs> so stupid. His whole campaign is being run by right-wing political operatives who have one objective. Okay, so he knows. He knows their objectives. See? Because he's psychic, right? He knows what they're thinking. It's very smart. Try to take down President Joe Biden. Right. Because it's so hard to take down a guy who can barely tie his own shoes, right? That kind of fell flat, bud. That's why Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was given a congressional platform. No, he was given a platform because he was censored, and it was about censorship. But you guys seem to be missing the point. On this week of all weeks, because my extreme MAGA Republican colleagues are really not interested in doing anything meaningful to improve the economy, address inflation, Create jobs. This guy's just repeat. I, I don't even think this guy is the one writing this. Like you can just see the way, you know, and this is my opinion, but the resuscitation and the way they deliver it is usually pretty, you could tell. To me, this is very like he's trying to remember exactly what he's supposed to say. Just my opinion. But the extreme MAGA Republicans, it's just, it's just depressing how ridiculous all this is. They're all extreme. They're all ridiculous. Or deal with. Public safety concerns, particularly around the gun violence epidemic. And all the fake hand motions. The Someone's people. training this guy. Like all of them. How they're supposed to be. I'm a politician. Like, like, just like with the media. Today, we've got a new, you know, the way that they talk, right? Coming down to the most important thing tonight. No, it's like they're all trained in a very particular way. It's like, it's illusory. <laughs> the whole thing. Now, here is Chief Nerd pointing out more examples of the way that these kind of these these uh posts to different things were censored in the process and we've seen this all of us have dealt with this and i think it's important just to see how clearly this was happening we all know though gottlieb wrote on august 27th 2021 to twitter executive todd o'boyle who by the way was kind of one of the go-to people for the white house also to coordinate with when they wanted something suppressed uh requested twitter take action against a post about natural immunity uh, you know, what's amazing to me is Scott Gottlieb, who works for Pfizer, who's a former FDA director, went to Twitter the day I got censored on natural immunity, my post, a congressional post. Now, the other side said, well, your, your tweet's still up, your post is still up. What do you mean you're getting censored? What they did is they labeled it and they denied anybody's ability to, to actually comment on it. And hey, welcome to the team, bud. <laughs> We've been dealing with this for 10 years. You guys used to say we were crazy for pointing this out. Welcome. Now it matters because you're dealing with it, right? I, you know, I, I, agree, I agree. It's wrong, but I think it's funny how these things were completely fake news when it was happening to so those of us that dealt with it a long time ago. They de-boosted it. Yep. 
So I simply said natural immunity is better than vaccine immunity. We had studies showing that. It's true. They took it. They they censored it. So the next day I tried it again with a reference to Bloomberg, Bloomberg, hardly a right wing um, outlet or, or conspiracy generator. And they censored that one as well. This this is astounding to me, Mr. And this to this very day, they still I just saw a CBC post quite literally saying that the, the best thing is either vaccine immunity or vaccine and natural combined. And it's like, God, you guys just can't not be dishonest. All of the science, including everything prior to COVID illusion, is showing very clearly natural immunity is always better. And by the way, every single one of the main studies show you that. Science.org, NIH, WHO, all of them say that natural is more better, lasting effect, durable, everything. They just lie about it. I've been knocking that door down since the very beginning. Kennedy, can you talk about the uh, censorship, the effort of the White House and pharma to suppress the acknowledgement of natural immunity and and why they might have been doing that? Well, again, it it was an effort uh, to suppress information, not uh, in fact, if you read the Twitter files and the email correspondence at, uh, between Facebook and the White House, there was an acknowledgement that they were being asked and they were complying with censoring information that everybody knew to be true right. or highly likely to be true. Oh, the purpose, and in fact, the term misinformation did not denote uh, falsehood or, or veracity. Rather, it was a euphemism Mm -hmm. for any information that departed from government orthodoxies. And it is very dangerous. And, you know, uh, uh, the congressman a minute ago said a million people have died because of misinformation about vaccines in this country. But in fact, our country had the worst, had one of the highest vaccination rates in the world and the worst health outcomes. We have 4.2% of the global population. We had 16% of the COVID deaths. Blacks in Haiti with a 1% vaccination rate were dying at a rate of 15 per million population. And same in Nigeria, had a 1.3 vaccination rate. They were dying at 1 in uh, 14 per million population, 14 per million population. In our country, blacks were dying at 3,000 per million population, 200 times the death rates in other countries. And this holds throughout the world. We needed information. We should have all been sharing information openly and and talking to the 15 million doctors through the Internet who were treating patients on the front line all over the world and channeling the best therapies, the most successful treatments, so that we could all figure it out. This is not a time in a pandemic to, to, you know, I'll just say this one thing. Trusting the experts is not a function of science. It's not a function of democracy. Exactly. It's a function of religion and totalitarianism, and it does not make for a healthier population. I completely agree. Now, that's not to say about, I you know, agree with every single part about the pandemic and the, you know, whether it was a risk, but the, but the reality is quite clear. We know that Sweden didn't do the actions they were supposed to, and it's obviously better there comparatively lockdowns and no, but we, but we don't know why. Or the idea that like they talk about the, that, you know, we had a much higher death rate. Well, if you really push it to many people, like let's say the right, for example, they'll say, well, China just lied about it. Well, prove that. Do you know that? Well, no, then that's clearly your opinion. Why did you just stress it as fact? Well, that happens every single day. The point is, we don't know that for sure. 
Could be, though, and I wouldn't dismiss that possibility. But the reality is you can look around, as he did, to other countries. The U.S. government, rather the U.S. population, whether it was because of the injections or whatever else, was utterly destroyed, or it could have been a lie, but comparatively to every, almost every other country. And we had one of the highest vaccination rates. It's very clear to see what happened. Like we've said before, the com combination of flu and pneumonia was the beginning, and then the injections and, and, the hot, and the nursing homes and what they did with the ventilator, that became the beginning, and now it's been continuing with long backs and long problems with the injections. It's undeniably clear. This one is one last point, I believe, on the videos. And then, oh, two last ones, and then we'll move past this. Talking about this person just asking, I, I, may, I might want to skip this one. Let me just look at it really quickly and play it in regard to the censorship aspect. No, I, I think this is important. I mean, all these are really reasonably important. To, um, to the message that's being relayed, I think, is important. Ramifications if we don't talk about it, if we don't expose it. And I only have 25 seconds, so Mr. Sauer, take it away. If federal censorship is not stood up to aggressively, it will expand to every corner of online discourse. Ms. Morris. It's it's just this. I can't even believe this is a conversation like this is not controversial or taboo. We live in the United States of America and you have the right to say whatever you want, to print whatever you want and to read whatever you want. Mr. Kennedy, a, a, a government that can censor its critics has license for every atrocity. It is the beginning of totalitarianism. There's never been a time in history when we look back. And the guys who were censoring people were the good guys. Never. All of us grew up reading Arthur Kessler, Robert Heinlein, Aldous Huxley, George Orwell, and they were all saying the same thing. Once you start censoring, you're on your way to dystopia and totalitarianism. And I know my time has expired, but Mr. Sauer, you said earlier, censorship is about power. Censorship is about control. And the entire progressive leftist agenda is about nothing more than dependency and control. I see, that's just a clumsy, stupid point. I'm not necessarily even disagreeing with the general consent, but the entire leftist agenda. I just, I just, I, it's, I can't, that, see, right there is my point. Everything that was said is a valid, important point that we can all engage with until you make it about the only the left and it's only then every single one of them without fail. Well, that's not true. I could point to people on the left of this paradigm that say things that are not exactly in line with the other extreme left. But you see, my point is that this, solidifies it now what she probably believes that i don't know but it's just it's it is right there that i always harp on which probably bothers a lot of people because you're probably right with me until that last point but we need to get past that because that right there on the end of it is the i don't i'm trying to go an analogy it's just the right there is what stops it Right. Everybody could go along with what he was saying right there until you insert that point right there. And then you're going to lose people. People on the left might have been going, yes, finally, someone say, oh, OK, well, I'm the bad guy now. It's just, it's just irritating. But the bottom line is it is correct that you can look back through history. The people who were censoring were always the bad guys. And it's no different today, guys. It's no different. Now, this is the last the last one uh, or unless I think I might have played this one. Let me see. By your leave, I'd like to just respond Please. briefly uh, to some of the, uh, what I would call, defamations that have been uh, just applied to me by the ranking member. Uh, I'm happy to talk to you about my opinions on these issues, what you, the, what you have stated and tried to associate me with uh, through guilt by association is simply inaccurate. 
virtually everything, every statement that you just made about me is inaccurate. I have never advised black Americans not to receive vaccines. Oh, and this is interesting, too. So he made the point about I've never said an anti-vax, you know, I've never told people not to get vaccinated. Well, what's interesting is immediately you got the people like the Mehdi Hassan, ridiculous people of the world who jump in and go fake false news. Here's an image. Here's a quick, weirdly edited three second clip where he says that. Well, guess what? It's from 2021, where he's specifically talking about the COVID vaccine, where he does say in this very clip that he has advised them. He is against the COVID vaccine, but he's explicitly not anti all vaccines. And he's made that so clear. That there's even people with the, who are anti-vax in that movement who believe all of them are wrong, and it's not a hard opinion to understand today, who will point out that he is not on their side because he promotes other vaccines. And the point is that they go out of their way to point this out and edit it and don't point the time out because point the time out because they're because they're trying to sell you on something that's not the truth. That's what Mehdi Hassan does as a policy. I mean, just the guy is constantly intellectually dishonest. I point it out all the time. He did it with the same point with the ethnic weapon. He did it back with the with the frogs are gay point where he aggressively took him out of context and didn't cite the study where it obviously was talking about EDCs, endocrine disrupting chemicals. But the point is that you can show that clip and they try to make it out to be, well, here he is saying not to be vaccinated. He's specifically talking about one. They know that they don't care because they're not honest people. At one point, you say I'm anti-vax, and that's a bad thing. The other thing, the <laughs> other moment, you point out that all my children are vaxxed. I vac- I'm fully compliant with the vaccine schedule myself. You know how stupid it is to call people who even took some of the COVID vaccines, which is like Robert Malone, they, just because they suddenly say, now they're anti-vax. Like, it's just such a dumb, clumsy, pejorative argument, they, what they do. Anti-Semite, you're a racist. You know, and none of they don't even need to prove these things. That's how those things. That's how those pejoratives work. Except for COVID, I I, I took flu vaccines for twenty years straight. I have never been anti-vax. I have never told any. I have never told the public avoid vaccination. The only thing I've asked for, and my views are constantly misrepresented, so that the truth of what I believe. Is not we're not allowed to have a conversation with, about that with the American people, which I believe vaccines should be tested with the same rigor as other medicines and medications. You tried to associate me a moment ago with the replacement theory, which is racist. No, I did not say you. Time belongs the to the gentleman. From I, I did not. Colleagues the time belongs to the gentleman. From I denounced that theory. It is racist. And I have never endorsed it or had any association with it. Robbie Starbuck put out a tweet basically calling him out for this, saying that it, it's real and it, and it isn't, you know, and then he deleted it. So I just think it's interesting how he, you know, he's a politician, too. Right. So it's just funny. And clearly the right there. Some people didn't like that because I think a lot of them support RFK. Right. So he just deleted it. It's, you know, it's, I've, I don't I mean, I've rare. The only time I've ever in my life deleted a tweet has been because it was uh, like I typed in a typo and I reposted it. Or I think maybe one other time in the past where, it, I mean, I just, it's just interesting. I don't think there's ever really a time when you should delete a tweet. You just can add to it and be like, oh, made a mistake or whatever. But there's a lot of that happening. Our film on a medical, by the, the medical way, Bill Buxton, Bill Buxton, who is the black CDC official who ultimately exposed the Tuskegee experiment, tried for years and years to appeal to, to CDC to stop it for 40 years. Exactly. Finally, he got relief by walking into my uncle's office in the building next door, 
that he held hearings and ended the experiment. Think about the overlap there. So you, so the, so you can know historically, even from a, from a black, she's, she's a black individual, from a black perspective, from the black, from the history of, of the Tuskegee experiments, which were experiments on black people, that for 40 years, this guy was trying to call it out and they didn't care because they knew what they were doing. Just like they ignore the reality of the CDC and Brian Hooker, who exposed, remember, this is the Vax conversation that specifically black children were out, outside, uh, they had an outsized, they had a larger problem in regard to the vaccination overlap and the autism overlap. It was very clear. It was causing autism, but it was more pronounced in black children more than anything. Right. And it's probably why they're so pushing back so hard on the idea that they're because they're all working to try to make these things ethnically targeted because then you could lob a bomb somewhere and it would only hurt the people that you're not in line with. Right. They all want this and maybe they've already done it. I remember that very well. And to say that that I, I wrote a I created a film that encourages blacks not to get adequate medical care is just completely abhorrent if the, Don't if the use my it's words, the witness's time do not the, censor the witness i'm not the, censoring the, the witness yeah. i'm not the, censoring the witness he's still talking it is the it's it's my time and i've given it to the witness right. do not uh, censor him i'm if not the, censoring him if the we're, we're in kindergarten guys both i mean it's, it's just embarrassing this is what ma- people look at us like we are ridiculous we need to own that as americans because it's not our fault these people are ridiculous what the little chippy back and forth like you guys are children right i mean she knows she's not supposed to interject she just doesn't want him to be able to speak and make points just like he tries to jump in when they're speaking oh my claim my time reclaim my time it's just such a game man and all of it's based in dishonest tactics i think i, I mean i find even i mean no, it doesn't matter I, I always have to make the back and forth point but the reality is right there between just her and what's going on it's dishonest at its core and he knows that. I mean, that's what he, she's calling it out or he's calling what she said out. And you can look it up for yourself, just like we did in regard to the testing. He's right. Doesn't mean he's not lying to you about other things. I don't know. Be show discernment. I don't trust any of these people, but he's right in what he's saying right here. Use that you and others have applied to me. I've attributed to me if they were actually true. I can see why I shouldn't be able to testify here today. Those are not true. These are defamations and malignancies that are used to censor me to prevent people from listening to the actual things that I'm saying. Now, here's a real problem, though. He essentially just said that should somebody have the ideas that they're saying are not acceptable, he would agree they shouldn't be allowed to testify. That's a problem for me. I'm not saying I agree with, you know, every there's all sorts of ideas that I think are detestable, absolutely disgusting. But I, I defend your right to be able to have them. So it's interesting to me the, the, how, how outrageous it is that he was trying, like the free speech and the First Amendment, but you essentially, without, maybe he just said it in passing and didn't really mean it that way. I don't know. But he essentially kind of just said that if those opinions were hit what he had, that they, he would understand why he shouldn't be allowed to. So there is a line, apparently, even for him. And I think ranking member that we should have a real conversation rather than an exchange of ad hominem attacks and answer very quickly to your question the term malinformation was coined to describe information that facebook and twitter and the other social media sites understood was true but that the white house and other federal agencies wanted censored anyway for political reasons because it challenged official orthodoxies i'll give you one example 
there was a, I was included in a group called the Disinformation Dozen. Mm -hmm. and, and Facebook and others were asked to censor us, which they did. And by the way, my heck, Aaron post, it was taken down. My whole Instagram account with 900,000 people was taken down because of that. Oh, they knew, Facebook knew that the disinformation doesn't claim. And what they said, the disinformation doesn't came from this very shady group called the Center for Preventing Digital Hate in England that's funded by dark money that should be looked into. They claim that 65% of the vaccine misinformation on the internet was generated by those 12 people. Facebook itself said that is impossible. That is false information. We yeah, you didn't hear that from any of the media outlets, did you? Corporate media. Know that not to be true. And yet, when the White House asked them to censor this disinformation, doesn't including me, they did it anyway when they knew it to be untrue. Right. And that, that's the crux of the actual hearing today, that the government pressured them and they they collapsed. Now, two quick points, then we're going to get into my critique, in particular around Israel, as somebody rightly points out in the chat. I'll, I'll address it once we get to it in a second. But I just want to point this out. Like, as we're talking about censorship, just understand, Twitter has been out making it undeniably clear. And the only reason I focus on Twitter more than others is because there are people in the paradigm that somehow argue this one is the paragon of free speech. Just like there are blind people on the right that pretend that Rumble is the paragon. It's the, we, we are being deceived by right-wing, high-level people, in my opinion, to make us think this makes sense. Maybe they don't know it themselves. I don't know. But I highly doubt we can pretend that somebody directly tapped into the World Economic Forum that promoted lockdowns and masks and vaccines and everything else. And Elon Musk is directly tapped into the technocratic Great Reset direction with every single aspect of it that we're going to pretend this is in your best interest. Certainly could be. I hope for the best. But here's what Twitter says. I just showed you about elections. Twitter will move to aggressively move against election manipulation and disinformation. Right. So whatever they label disinformation, you're not allowed to have opinions about the election that go against what they say that the election is. That's what that means. Or at least, that, I mean, how else do you take it? Disinformation. How do they know you're not just wrong? What if you got deceived by somebody and you're just expressing something you think? The point is, it's the same exact game, guys. And both Linda and Elon are all about it. While they still censor hate speech right now, which includes transgender conversation, anything else they call hate speech, which is the opposite of free speech. The idea that they would censor that. And I just showed you, by the way, as Elijah points out, Rumble just censored one of Nick Fuentes' videos in regard to anti-Semitism. Interesting timing, right? It's, it's, it's all right there in front of us. Now, in the critique side of this, this is my point about, and I'm just going to take the Israel position because I think that's one of the most important. RFK Jr. points out, Biden admin extends U.S. habit of interfering in other countries' domestic policies. Now it's threatening Israel with the ending of a special relationship between our two nations. As president, my support of Israel will be unconditional. I can't, I mean, I can't, that's such a crazy thing to say right now. The idea that even the Biden administration, I don't think it's real, but would float the idea that maybe we'll end this because you guys are being ridiculous. Like on the surface, continuing to illegally displace people, even though everybody sees what's happening, continuing to violate the UN mandates, continuing to violate the international law, continue to absolutely... I mean, everything. I'll go through some of these points. It is an apartheid state. It is an illegal occupation. Everything about what they do in Syria is completely against the law. And the point is that, that even Biden's administration is going like, hey, stop doing these things. Or, you know, at least the threat. 
But he says unconditional. That means something. I said exactly the issue. Israel is actively interfering, which isn't even the right word, in other nations' policy, politics, also subjugating a few of them, as the U.S. government is as well. Does that not matter to you? How can you say anything would be unconditional? That's crazy to me. So you don't care if they break the law, murder people? So as somebody wrote in the chat, and this is a common point that people make, I don't know how we could know this. So people that would say that this is what's happening, I just, that's, so you're assuming that, but I'm not speaking to you in the chat. I'm saying people who put that out there as the fact can't know this for sure. But the idea is that his, his position in this way, and I've floated this as a possibility before, is ultimately him playing the game so he can get elected and then change it all. Well, that's exactly what they said about Trump, too. Didn't work out. But it says if he didn't bend the knee to Israel, he wouldn't have a legitimate chance, which I, I, I agree. But it says that he is taking the position means he's serious about winning. Well, that's one of the possibilities. Or he means exactly what he's saying because he's always made this point, right? I, we, we need, and it could be that he's dishonest, or it could be that he just thinks this and doesn't realize he's wrong. That's possible too. Right? There's all, we, don't, we should not assume anything. He might mean what he says, and that's usually the case here. Quite frankly, I think it's pretty obvious that he means this. I think that's been pretty clear in my opinion. But the idea that you're just going to ignore what this government has done is, un, I just, that's morally unacceptable. I wanted to include this point. I was to make a couple of random points, but we've made this point in general about what's going on with the displacement. We just showed you videos of entire olive groves being torn down to be given to illegal settlers, which are illegal according to international law, the United Nations, Geneva Convention, everything. Nobody cares, at least not in the government of the United States. The point is they're displacing people right now in the West Bank, all over the place, which even the Biden administration was saying, don't do that. And they're doing it anyway. It's never been legal. You are continuing to displace people in occupied territory that's not yours and handing it to people sometimes from the United States, from any number of places who are just happen to be Jewish. And my point is that from the very beginning, first of all, illegal occupation, that's never been, that's the United Nations from day one to now. That is what this is. And of course, the Geneva Conventions point out that an occupied territory has the right to armed rebellion. No matter what happens, not if they bomb first. But you have the right to armed rebellion because you are illegally occupied. From there forward, all the rest is narrative. It's obvious who's in the right here, no matter what happens. I should like, not, not I mean just like that, but no matter what has happened going to this point, we can see that they're in the right because the law, the rest is narrative. But what I keep telling you is that from the very beginning, they were displaced and resettled elsewhere. Now, that's the history, right? But the point is, since then, these people who were pushed out of their own homes and land have been forced to live somewhere else. Then they were, guess, just made the best of it and made a home where they were pushed into. Ever since then, they argue that, well, and then those people then get moved again. Sometimes three, four times, moving their house, losing their home, all their possessions. And you know why? Well, because, well, they don't have a permit. So they don't have a permit for the place that you pushed them into from their own home. Okay, well, then why haven't they applied for them? Well, guess what? They do. And I've been saying that. How long have I been saying this? Italy, uh, Stein points out, appearing before the Israeli parliament, the military commander of the occupied Palestinian territory since February 2023, subordinated to Minister uh, Simotrich, confirms of their own accord, confirms that 95% of Palestinian construction permits, applications in Area C of the West Bank, home to 350,000 Palestinians who were only placed there largely because they were moved from where they were before, are rejected by authorities for political reasons while giving a, a, a spattle planning rationale. 
at the, at the same time, 70% of settlers' construction permits are approved. You see how this works? So when they remove them, they go, well, you don't have a legal permit. Well, first of all, they were forced to move there because you put them there and then deny them permits as they apply every year for the last 20 years. And now you move them again to build a swimming pool or whatever else. This is abhorrent. These are human beings and your government doesn't care. And they're convincing you that this is somehow terrorism or whatever makes you feel okay about this. The truth is it's detestable. These are disgusting people who are forcing families out of their own homes because they don't see them as human, as I've played you endless amounts of information. Their own testimony. The U.S. government just lies about what they say. Well, here's a point I think we can't miss. It's not just RFK Jr., guys. Just like RFK Jr., just like Trump, just like DeSantis, they all blindly support the apartheid fascist illegal state of Israel, otherwise known under international law in the United Nations as Occupied Palestine. Israel routinely illegally bombs nations and publicly commits war crimes, just like the U.S. government. But here's what DeSantis has to say. Things that they're doing, though, is they're specifically targeting Israel. And so we made changes to our law to recognize that. And so today... I'm happy to make, and this law just took effect at the beginning of July, I'm happy to announce for everybody that Florida has formally instituted an investigation against Morningstar for violations of our anti-BDS law. We're right. You're in hot, you're entirely unconstitutional law that puts the needs of a foreign country over that of your citizens' rights. Great job. Fighting for freedom, DeSantis. Like the reality is that it's absolutely your right to boycott whatever you want, to divest from whatever you want, to sanction, and arguably, if you, however you see that as a personal act, whatever you want, to call for sanctions from who, from whoever you want. It's your right, but of course, because the Israeli government doesn't want that because it's exposing their completely illegal actions. Well, people like this is complete puppet for Israel just does whatever they want. We saw this from Texas. Abbott completely just wrote these things, just made it illegal to boycott Israel. We saw that in, in, I believe, in Texas when they were handing out relief from the, hur the hurricane. It literally said on this document they had to sign that they wouldn't boycott Israel. When you were getting relief from your own government, you need to see what this means, guys. It's wild. It's all of them, and they all do this. Here is an article from Daily Mail that says DeSantis will end Biden's horrendous treatment of Israel. Biden, an open Zionist, his horrendous treatment of Israel? Fantastic. Well, let's not forget, by the way, for those that always want to make this out to be some kind of a racist comment, it's not. It's about the Zionist regime and what they're doing. Israel is the nation of the state of the Jews alone. It's a direct quote. That is Netanyahu, according to the Haaretz Haret, newspaper, responding to a TV star who just dared to say that Arabs are equal citizens in Israel. How do you not see that? So a TV star trying to defend what the illusion that the U.S. government is spreading says, no, 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 you misunderstand after the nation state law was passed. No, 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 you don't understand. You, under, you misunderstand. Arabs are just as equal. Netanyahu took to the stage and said, you're wrong. Israel is the nation state of the Jews alone. You, what else would you call that but racist, but apartheid? Well, as Robert wrote, the new extremist Israeli government is openly fascist. It's not a secret. You can read this for yourself. You can read what they say. You can read how they literally contradict what the U.S. government says about them. As it says right here, the Jewish people have an exclusive and indisputable right to the all areas of the land. And then Biden says, two-state solution. <laughs> They're laughing at you. They, don't, they are openly saying that will never happen.
the religious Zionism party, which is part of his group, it, rather the coalition, excuse me, is regarded even by the ADL as extremist. I mean, it's just absurd how we play this game. Well, in case you think we're making it all up, here is Human Rights Watch. 2021, Israeli authorities and the crimes of apartheid and persecution. He, the the Bet Selim openly says this, says it's a Jewish supremacist state. These are hu- the leading human rights groups in the world. So, it is, so does Amnesty International. They all say this, but it's racist to point out the facts. There's, some, there's a problem here. U.S. State Department. This is from 2023. June 2023. U.S. State Department. Israel, inadequate in fighting human trafficking. That's interesting. Or rather, don't want to stop it. We know that there was an obvious overlap with Mossad and Epstein. There's an obvious thing. I mean, we can go back to a discussion from, I think, 2009. Through, I forget the date. Where there was all these rabbis in New Jersey that were arrested for trafficking kidneys. You know, and of course, I don't think anything even happened. I think they 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 were ex- they went to Israel and nothing ever happened. Just like after nine eleven, these are conspiracy theories. They're easy to look up. People just are trained to reject them. Well, all that being said, the point is that we're being aggressively misled, or they don't even know what they're talking about when it comes to what Israel's truly doing. And yet, we're being told that they're fight. You know, I just don't know how we can take anything seriously with that being the case. But on the note of going the Trump and everything going forward for the Republican Party. This is a post that came out. It says, Trump shared this video on Truth Social. It says, if you F around with us, if you do something bad to us, we're going to do things to you that have never been done before. And you can hear him in here. It's just him saying this. And this was retweeted by him, but MAGA.com posted it on Truth Social. And this says, this mentality is why I'm voting for him. I don't, I mean, I, I don't understand this logic. Trump is a master of saying nothing with say, while speaking forever. This is what he says all the time. Hey, you put me in there, I'll end Ukraine in one day. How? Ah, who don't even... Okay, so that's just a, a statement. It's meaningless. When he says something like, we're going to do things we've never done before, do you not realize, first of all, that that's, that's a meaningless statement? He's just making that... So he'll do the thing we haven't done. You can believe that's whatever you want it to believe, and that's how it uses people that just take him at face value and pretend he's what you want him to be. But realize that that means a bad thing, guys. So he's basically, if you F around, we're going to do things. That, so what does that mean? So if you can think about everything that's ever been done, what he's saying is none of that, but things we've never done before. How is that not a, something that's wildly concerning? So what he's talking about, using biological weapons, right? You, what, what you, using a nuclear bomb to destroy an entire, I mean, what? what? What have we not done before? You see my point? They're going to be like, when, I, when you go in that direction, they're going to go, oh, he didn't mean it like that. Well, what do you, you don't, then what do you mean? You don't know what he meant either. I'm just so tired of these people following these ideologues. we got to get past the savior complex. Trump has been proven not to be on your side. But Saudi Agris gets it, clearly, as he posts this, this cartoon that shows for the podcast, the horse is the Republican Party, the cons- and the conservatives are the jockey on the horse facing the wrong direction, right? And the jockey's looking back to all these signs that say limited government, free trade, balanced budgets, you know, these kind of supposedly classic conservative concepts. Now, the horse facing the other way towards bigger government, nanny state, deficit spending, war. The point is, guys, conservatives in particular are lying to themselves right now about what's actually happening. But that's the two-party paradigm for you. But what, at the very least, I would be willing to point out that most of them doing so argues that at the very least they want good things. That they're being deceived about what they're part of. Not that they're part of the problem. They just are not able to see through Trump or through the right-wing party. 
they think that they're going in the right direction. So at least that's a positive, but we need to wake up from the lies. And here is an interesting example of this before we finish this and jump over into the Biden discussion. And we'll see where that leaves us if we're already at two and a half hours. But the U.S. won't investigate Wuhan lab because the U.S. founded the Wuhan lab. Now, found is not what he says. It's more about funded. I think that might have been what they meant to spend. But I do agree with that, actually. Despite the fact that we know the French built this, the U.S. government was involved from the very beginning. But this, the point I want to make here is about what Jesse Waters says. And it just shows you how completely, possibly willfully so, lost the people in the partisan media truly are. And, but I'll give R.F. Craig credit here where he steps in and says, I'm, I'm surprised. Like, yes, finally, saying the truth, which is both of them. And they're not, you know, listen to the way Jesse Waters frames this. And this is the problem. This, this is the equivalent of this exact uh, cartoon right here in this in this clip. Why hasn't the Biden administration punished China? Punished China for what? For the oh, lab for the leak, for withholding PPE during the pandemic. I think one of the reasons we haven't investigated the Wuhan lab is because the U.S. government, not just through NIH, but through the CIA and through USAID, was actually funding the studies in the, U- in the Wuhan lab. And we did a very, very big technology transfer of bioweapons technology to the Wuhan lab. To China. And, uh, bioweapons technology that was developed at NIH expense, I think yep. the... Now, obviously, this was edited for time. CIA was involved in, uh, certainly in this research. They were right. funding it through USAID. And NIH, I think, in the end, gave about $26 million in funding to the Wuhan lab. But USAID, which was functioning as a CIA surrogate, gave over $64 million. And the Pentagon also gave... Right. That's the, that's the reality, right? Interesting how Jesse Waters kind of just sits there like a deer in the headlights. The point, why didn't you punish China? Because that's the narrative, right? China, bad guy, except for the, ignoring all the facts. Like, I don't know that Trump used their genetic sequence from the day one and two days later had all the vaccines being made. Despite the fact that at that moment you were telling the world that China lied and we couldn't trust them, but you blindly used their sequence for all the vaccines when they pr- provably hadn't isolated it. And I argue they haven't after that anyway. How do you possibly make sense of that? The point is, obviously, the U.S. government was involved. And they, what he said is important. They literally gave them the technology. It's not a secret. They worked together with EcoHealth Alliance, with North Carolina University, to make all of this. And it's very, very clear. And the point is, they were still stuck on why didn't you punish China? I mean, just it's just it's almost it's almost childish. It's, it's just like this is elementary stuff. We're at, but you can't get past it if you're stuck in the two party illusion. I think that's an important point. Now, in the same vein, this is the similar, this is the same hearing. We have the discussion of of the Biden-Ukraine overlap and the Burisma and Hunter. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's in the same vein, almost insultingly obvious. I mean, it is insultingly obvious. I think this is another point to, to cover where it was censored aggressively. And we know that it was real. And right in this, right now in this moment, there's evidence on the table that shows that Ukraine at least stated that Biden was involved, that the big guy, and not that that was one where he didn't say the name, but over and over it said it directly cites Biden, both Bidens, and that they both got money. 
I mean, there's just no way around this, guys. And if nothing happens, which I kind of think that's where it's going, it'll be just like the Clinton Foundation where nothing happened despite all the evidence or every other thing we can point to. Well, Glenn Greenwald points out this is the New York Post reporter who used authentic documents to report on Joe Biden's role in Hunter's business deals in Ukraine and China before the 2020 vote. CIA and Natasha Batran smeared her with lies that it was Russian disinformation. Now, we literally know that's not true at this point. And this is Simone, uh, is it Simon or I think it's Simon, right? Simon, uh, yeah, it's Simon Eteba or Eteba. He writes, uh, this is Emma Jo Morris, who broke the Hunter Biden laptop story for the New York Post, but was immediately censored by the state on social media in an attempt to influence the 2020 election. Now, remember, the point of this is that they came out ahead of this, remember, and said, if, if something comes out soon, it's going to be Russian disinformation, of course. Just like when they say, if somebody's going to bomb over there, it's going to be Russia or it's going to be Assad. You know, it's how they, they set the table. And we're too childish in our two-party games to be able to see how stupidly obvious that is. But the point is that they did this and then it was immediately censored. Well, we're now seeing the conclusion of the hearing here, well, at least the testimony, showing you that was the whole point. They set up an infrastructure for the censorship campaign to censor anything inconvenient. And since they did this, they just, into COVID, it just went on overdrive. And now they're being exposed for it. Yes. Uh, the, the motion to table is agreed to. We will now move to our second witness. Uh, Ms. Morris, you are recognized for five minutes. Thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me. Um, my name is Emma Jo Morris, a politics editor at Breitbart. Um, I'm here today because I published a series of news stories three years ago in October of 2020 about Hunter Biden's now infamous laptop, also known as the laptop from hell, uh, which is seen as some of the most scandalous reporting of the last decade. Um, What was more scandalous than the reporting itself, though, was the fact that it exposed the unholy alliance between the intelligence community, social media platforms, and legacy media outlets. At the time, I was deputy politics editor at the New York Post, and um, my reporting showed that despite then-candidates Joe Biden's repeated and furious denials, he was apparently involved in the foreign business deals of his family. Over several days, just weeks before Americans would vote for their next president, I revealed verified, authentic emails from the Biden Scions hard drive showing Ukrainian business partners receiving leaks from the Obama White House, I documented an off-the-books meeting between then-Vice President Biden and a Ukrainian energy executive and introduced the world to the big guy um, who got action on a deal with CEFC, China Energy Company. The Post published exactly how the material for the reporting was obtained, even identifying our sources, um, as well as a federal subpoena showing the FBI was in possession of the material the story was based on and had been since December of 2019. Um, But when the stories appeared on social media that morning, the venue where millions of Americans go to find their news and editors to get their angles, uh, within hours the reporting was censored on all major platforms on the basis of being called hacked or Russian disinformation. Um, Twitter refused to allow users to share the link to the stories, banned the links from being shared in private messages, a policy. Private messages. 
There's no misunderstanding. That, that's so far, like, that's never been the case before. It's like publicly posted, but in between private messages, like, that is trying to stop the flow of, of what they know is a problem. That's what that is. And realize that people lost accounts for posting this, even though it was a published story. By the way, that's used to clamp. And a true story. Down on child porn um, and lock the post out of its verified account. Facebook said it would curb distribution and reach of the links on its platform. However, the stories were not based on hacked materials, nor were they Russian disinformation. And despite those claims appearing to come out of thin air at the time, we would eventually learn that they actually didn't come out of thin air at all. On October 19th, five days after the Post began publishing, Politico ran a story headlined, Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo, dozens of former Intel officials say. God, I can't even say that with a straight face, you know? (laughs) Politico printed a letter completely uncritically from veteran members of the U.S. intelligence community falsely claiming that the Post expose has, quote, all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. My God. Wholesale lies. Like, we know this now. Like, that's the crazy part about this. And this is what they, this is what they do. Just a massive campaign to hide something behind Russian, Russian disinformation. And it's just this clumsy argument with nothing to back it up. Right? Here, here's the actual post. He put it beneath this. It's serving the CIA as always. Natasha Bertrand is guilty of one of the most despicable journalistic scandals of the last seven, several decades. But just like Jeffrey Goldberg, who hired her, her reporting fraud served establishment interest and thus boosted her corporate media career, right? He got it wrong, but she only gained from it. That's what that looks like. Under Biden's story is Russian disinfo. Dozens of former intelligence say that's good journalism, right? Somebody said something. Didn't prove it because it's wrong. It's not true. (laughs) Most notable among the signatories of that letter were Jim Clapper from former DNI, Michael Hayden, former CIA, John Brennan, former CIA. All the names. Despite having such damaged credibility following their participation in the Russia collusion conspiracy theory. Or the fact that Clapper, for example, committed perjury under oath about the NSA, but nobody cares. A few days later, on October 22nd, when Biden appeared in the second presidential debate and was uh, confronted with the facts of the Post reporting, he said to Trump, Quote, 50 former national intelligence professionals said this. What he's accusing me of is a Russian plot. But it was not. Um, And he knew that. So there's really no other way to see that other than all of those agents and all of these agencies were actively trying to cover for the president. Which, it shouldn't surprise anybody, really. I mean, we could show, we could point to similar things that happened between the family and during Trump's administration. But from what I can prove, not even remotely to this degree... But I quite frankly think all these politicians abuse their power all the time. But in this case, he's being nailed to the wall here. He's proven. So should be accountable for it. Now, fast forward to this year, three years later. Just last spring, House investigators revealed it was a call by now Secretary of State Antony Blinken to former acting CIA Director Michael Morell that prompted the spy letter published by Politico, which bypassed agency approval processes that would have been normally applied. It is also now known that ahead of my reporting, federal agencies were priming social media companies to execute an operation to discredit it. According to internal documents released by Elon Musk upon his acquisition of Twitter, the FBI and other intelligence community members essentially directed the platform's censorship operation, in part externally by working with top management and in part internally by social media companies hiring eye-popping numbers of agency alumni. Well, and again, just to make the obvious point, 
right? We didn't prove any of that, which I think we already knew before that came out, but it was screenshots of things. To me, if, if you are still going forward as if a screenshot of a source document proves that to you, then you fell for the bait. And I keep telling you this, guys. I argue it was using real things for a reason. I'm even willing to bet you at some point they're going to dump something like source material so people can swing back and go, see? And the point is I've always been telling you that this is likely using true things in order to get you comfortable blindly taking at face value screenshots. It's already, it happens every day on Twitter. People share these screenshots that pretend like they knew it was a parody. Oh, we thought we, it's a joke. Didn't you get the joke? It's like, come on, you shared that thinking that was a real article and didn't check it. It's happening every day because people are being trained to take things at face value as images if it aligns with what they already think. But bottom line is we know this is true, but I think we knew that before. Journalist Michael Schallenberger reported, based on documents he obtained from Musk, that during all of 2020, the FBI and other law enforcement agencies repeatedly primed Twitter executives to dismiss reports of Hunter Biden's laptop as a Russian hack and leak operation. Feds arranged for top secret security clearances to be granted to Twitter management and even had encrypted messaging networks set up, which they dubbed a virtual war room. To this day, hundreds of people from the intelligence community work at social media companies. Over the last few years, my reporting... And they still do it. Twitter, guys. Prove me wrong. ...has been confirmed by virtually... I shouldn't even say it like that. I'm, I, it's very clearly been proven. I mean, there, you could talk to people like Shiva or... I forget the other one was pointing this out. There's, there's evidence of this. The, the FBI, FBI backdoors, it's all still there. We're just, you know, there's all these screaming right-wing pundits that just drown out that truth. Every mainstream news outlet, from the Washington Post to the New York Times to Politico, when the stakes were nothing, by the way, two years later. No one denies that the laptop is real, that the origin story is exactly what I told you it was in the first place. This elaborate censorship conspiracy wasn't because the information being reported on was false. It was because it was true, and it was a threat to the power centers in this country. What this relationship between the U.S. I would argue it's because it goes well beyond Biden's family. That's the only way this makes sense to me, truly. U.S. government officials and American corporations represent is, is an unprecedented push to undermine the First Amendment, the right to think, write, read, say whatever we want, and how we respond will determine whether we see a free press as inalienable or as optional. Yep, yep. And, and I think, quite frankly, you can easily prove that both sides of the paradigm are actively trying to censor you and control your speech in one way or another, just from different angles. Well, it's obvious this was a lie, right? Very, very clearly. As Michael Schellenberger points out here, this, this, this is the 2020, the FBI reportedly warned Twitter and Facebook of the forthcoming Russian disinformation operation, you know, just basically came out early and said, we think that's coming. And then when the truth and the documents you could prove came out, they just removed it. Because they, they were following orders, essentially. And that's what it is. And here is the, the post. It says, been released by Chuck Grassley. Right? So this, the point is, this is from, this is from the government. So take that as you will. And you can see that the documents... Actually, oh, I forgot. I've got the uh, screenshots here. Hold on one sec. Let me just dump these over here real quick. Let's do it this way. There we go. Oh, shoot. This is going to get confusing. Hold on. Let me just... uh... I should have done this differently. (laughs) I think it'll be all right. Hold on. These are all just the little highlights I did. Now, there's plenty of stuff in you can look at for yourself, but 
just so I'd have to you know hi- highlight or kind of save it all. But here's the full document. You can see it for yourself. <clears throat> Federal Bureau of Investigation, CHS reporting document, 6-30-2020. Now it says, don't, now this is just a bunch of different stuff just I plucked out of it, but the point is, he says, don't worry, Hunter will take care of all of those issues, though through his dad. CHS did not ask any further questions about what that speciality means. Let's do this quickly, actually, from the very beginning, just showing you here. Saying source reporting, CHS reported the following first meeting with Burisma executives in, in Kiev, Ukraine. In late 2015, 2016, during the Obama-Biden administration, CHS was first introduced to officials at Ukraine Natural Gas Business Burisma Holdings. So you can see the overlap. Right, the, the Chinese, the, the Chinese government, the Ukraine government, the, the Biden administration, Biden family. And the point is exactly what we're being told isn't true. They're basically going, you know, don't worry. Don't worry about the law. Don't worry about the problems. That Hunter will make sure his dad takes care of it all. This is the first page. It says, and they hired Hunter Biden to, quote, protect us through his dad from all kinds of problems. That's from CHS. These are, these are supposed to be fake. Like the idea, the, the statements or the reality, it's right there in front of you now put out by our own government. And said that, quote, it cost $5 million to pay one Biden and $5 million to another. <laughs> kind of hard not to misunderstand that. So Biden, both Bidens, made money off of this deal that wasn't supposed to be happening. Not this way anyway. Now, uh, the, the individual from CHS, or rather CHS told the individual from Ukraine, it made some comment about that although Hunter Biden was stupid, as, as this person's dog, this person's dog was smarter. It says he needed to keep Hunter Biden on board so everything will be okay. So essentially, Biden's son was forced in here, and they needed him to make sure that the, the, you know, the big guy made sure it was all okay. So everything about this is illegal. Abuse of power. CHS understood this to mean that Ukraine's individual had already paid the Bidens, presumably to deal with Shokin. Now it says he's, this one was you know basically, I was going to read more in this one. It says... Where, where, where I was going to start. He asked him whether he, the, the you know, Ukraine was, the individual from Ukraine, whether he was concerned about Burisma's involvement with the Bidens. Now, he stated that he didn't want to pay the Bidens and he was pushed to pay them. That's interesting. He explained that the payments were essentially, literally translated to received it, but basically slang for being forced or coerced to pay. I've said that makes sense based on what we're hearing. Now, this one says that the individual from Ukraine responded, he did not send any funds directly to the big guy which is referencing Joe Biden, but through their intermediaries, and this is illicit payments to the Bidens. Lastly, it says, recording the, the CHS's aforementioned reporting that the individual from Ukraine said, quote, he has many text messages and recordings that show he was coerced to make such payments. Now, there's a lot more in there. My point was just, to, we, I, I think we, knew, we know all this information. It's all pretty easy. It's already been reported on. You probably read it in the New York Post years ago, or well, a year ago. The point is simply showing you that this is directly from the released documents from the Chuck Grassley has put out that's directly from the FBI. And this was all fake, we were told. Like, really think about that. You know, I mean, you guys know this already, right? I mean, we know this is true. But it's just kind of amazing to realize that things like this were said as, a, as of or as early as late as early or as late as July 19th. AOC stepped up and said, we should really stop focusing on the truth. Yeah. To, I mean, she's probably upset she made the statement now. If Republicans truly want to get to the fact here and they want to understand why Mr. Weiss decided to charge Hunter Biden the way he did, let's hear from Mr. Weiss. But until then, we must move on from these 
theories and focus on the theories. issues that matter to the American people, like ending the scourge of gun violence that is plaguing our country, confronting and combating the climate crisis and standing up for our constitutional rights, and yes, going after the enormous amount of inequity and injustice in our tax system. And with that, I yield back to the... <laughs> I mean, it's just so embarrassing, as I said. So apparently, and of course I hate that... I, I almost, I was going to say this, but I didn't ever, I, I, I had this typed out on something else, by the way, and it said Congress. So maybe I accidentally deleted it, but I swear, I, I, I'm beginning to wonder how much of this stuff is happening because it, you know, makes it harder. I don't know. I shouldn't, conspiracy theory, but I'm worried about stuff like that technologically, the auto type or like my appointments being deleted from my calendar, which has happened like five times now. Anyway, so apparently Congress can only engage with four concepts at a time, right? That's what she listed. With this one, with this one, and this one. So you're not able to focus on those and Hunter Biden? That seems strange. I said, so we have to move on, guys, right? We can only focus on four things. Holding the Biden family accountable for egregious and obvious crimes will just have to be ignored. Sorry, guys. Her hands are tied. Only four things at a time. Like, I just, I don't know why more people don't, la- I mean, maybe they do, but like in this very building, be like, what did you just say? Right, so why can't we talk about five things? Like, it's just so stupid. There's a thousand things going on at any one time. She is trying to lay shade over this topic, right? And the point is that this has been really, we know this is true. Theories, it's just embarrassing. Now, you can look through this. This is from the 20th. Grassley obtains and releases the FBI records alleging VP Biden bribery foreign scheme. Now, you know, if you want to dive through this more, please. I just, I think this just, this is an important story. But I think we're, it's not that it shouldn't be reported on. It's just, it's done. These people should be in jail right now. That's what I think. It's done. It's proven. The evidence is there. And we all, now we have evidence of the fact that the government went out of its way to hide this from you. So I just think it's, it's important, but it's just like, it's just kind of frustrating that we, we, like with the Clinton Foundation, you have all the evidence to prove that it was clearly pay to play and they just move on left and right. It's very frustrating. Now on the note of Ukraine in general, I just wanted to throw a couple quick points out there. Uh, this, for example, is the reality that on May, uh, this, oh, you know what? Damn it. This was the wrong one. Dang it. Where was that? Well, I'm not going to try to find it now. Eva Bartlett put out there. This, by the way, this report is just simply what has continued to happen. Donetsk and otherwise that the Ukrainians have continued to shell village, you know, into Russia, which I just want to make the point about how, what an incredible, like the idea that, I mean, imagine if this was in reverse, right? The point is that this is not the front line. This is Ukraine shelling into civilian areas in Russia. Where's the media on that? Nobody cares. It's easily proven. They're, they're bragging about it on their channels. But the point is that this continues to happen. That's why I wanted to include one of these, just a passing point to continue to show you how much that they're hiding the reality of how often the, I think I include this one as well. No, I bumped a bunch of stuff up. I guess I moved the wrong stuff. But the point is there's a video about cluster munitions bragging about it going here we're using cluster munitions and the point is that yes that's public but these are war crimes these are illegal munitions that you can't prove russia's using they're saying this and it wouldn't surprise me if they were but it matters that we can prove these things and the ukrainian military is the one saying it would have been caught lying about a thousand different things russia says they haven't done it again it wouldn't it, it's 50 50 for me it's certainly likely they could but when we don't know and all we have is Ukrainian government says, and then we can see them loading them going, look, these are cluster munitions. It's just kind of ridiculous. Now, here's another example of this absurdity in Ukraine. This is from this NBC News. A weakened Putin is buying time, but will take revenge on mutiny leader, CIA chief says. Oh, you mean Prigozhin? You mean the guy who's undeniably not 
like the idea that this was anything other than them playing the U.S. intelligence is just embarrassing. So, but all but now it's a weakened Putin, weakened by something that didn't even happen apparently, and by every metric they're dominating what's going on in Ukraine right now. But he's going to buy time because eventually he's going to. It's just this is really sad, and this is the CIA. Well, lastly, on top of all of that. U.S. Congress is about to appropriate $886 billion for the defense budget. Yeah, just, just shy of a trillion. Whoever heard of appropriating $886 billion for defense? As the Rage Against Vaccine says, well, the defense bill simply means endless war. That's, that's very obvious, guys. Very obvious. Never stops. A trillion dollars while you people in this country are still struggling to feed themselves. Well, people could pay, have a struggle, struggle to pay their bills because of what they did to you with the wars, and they're blaming Putin, and then they take more of your money to continue it. It's just over the top. Now, I think what I'm going to do here, since I didn't even really push this in the title, is come back tomorrow and, and get into the trans conversation, which I have a whole section about today, and we'll finish with the technocratic direction. But I do have a lot to get into. This just quick point I think is really absurd is the DOD is now treating transgender people in the military very different to the point to where it almost seems like, I don't even know what the right word for this would be, but the, basically the Biden DOD is letting them skip all deployments, physical fitness, almost as if they're very aware that they wouldn't even be able to meet these metrics. So how, the point is that we I've now expanded this absurd illusion into the military itself. As you can see, they're talking about, well, not only are they paying out of your pocket tax dollars to give them all these things, sex hormones and hair removal and all this different stuff, which is likely why a lot of them are doing this. But it says they also, if they identify as transgender, they can receive a waiver from grooming and uniform standards. Like, when have you ever been allowed to do that in the military? And why? Why would that even make sense? Because you're probably going to have somebody scream hate speech or scream some kind of violation. And now they're now the, the military used to be this group, which I'm not saying I agree with, but. You know, we always used to remember, like, know that they went in there and it was not like it is out in the world. All right. You scream at you. They beat you up and they, you know, put you through hell. But now apparently it's all, you know, now it's all woke in the military, too. Service members who identify as transgender may receive an indefinite waiver for physical fitness standards. They may receive a considered non-deployable for up to 300 days while taking hormones. But don't forget, if they're taking hormones, they do for the rest of their life. So it's just basically a dishonest way of saying they're never going to have to be deployed. Isn't that crazy? We'll come back to this. I have a whole lot to get into, including, again, a new Wall Street Journal article right after the one that came out saying youth gender transition is pushed without evidence. Following up, saying that gender ideology, not not surgeries or puberty blockers, but the very concept of speaking to children about sexual ideology isn't kid stuff. Thank God some corporate outlets having the courage to point this out. Psychologically and emotionally, they're not ready for it, which we've all been saying. The point is that this is something very nefarious, not just the idea that somebody out there might want to go through this process of their own accord in their own personal you know, agency, but the fact that it's being pressured and pushed on children. We'll come back to all of this. I don't want to get pulled into it now for the interest of time, but to, um, let's see, probably 90% tomorrow. We'll see. But to finish, where was it? I have a whole bunch to get into <laughs> here. And this was just one I was going to show that they're, calling on social media to to censor anything they call this information about all this stuff, including that, you know, puberty blockers cause infertility and that they're not reversible, even though that's verifiable and their own institutions say that 
they'll censor you for saying that. That's what they're calling for anyway. But my point to finish with is here we realize that everything we're talking about, oh, any truth you want to talk, they're finding ways right now to create a system, as we've been yelling about, to use your social credit score, your credit score at the moment, to discuss whether or not you can be removed from your financial institutions, from your ability to access social media, right? It's happening right now all over the world, but it's being built around you in the UK, in the United States. We've already seen it start to happen. Bernie's tweets points out the DWP powers to monitor your bank account or social media activity. And the discussion is about, well, we'll take action if we don't think that you're saying the right things. Right now, the Commonwealth Bank scraps cash withdrawals and deposits in Australia. We've already seen multiple examples where they can't even get their cash out anyway, can't even transfer it. Matthew Green points something out that we've all been telling you. I hate to say I told you so. He says, one of our bank cards declined payments of our Amazon bill. No idea what your wife. And now, suddenly, every Alexa device in our house has been reset to factory settings. Oh, no. You know why that's crazy? Because they had to submit the last two digits of their credit card to log into the app. And now he literally can't turn off his porch lights without until somebody manually reviews this and decides if we still get to enjoy the privilege of the Amazon account. Why in the world is anybody stupid enough to put themselves inside of this prison? We keep seeing examples of the, the Amazon cloud, the Amazon Alexa, where the, you know, the, the poli- we just saw the police example, where the same thing, where they just can't access their own home. This is really beginning to happen. And it, this, you can call it a glitch if you want, or you could say that it was because something happened where he bought the wrong thing, said the wrong thing on social media, and his Amazon account was pulled, and suddenly he can't access anymore. This is real. Amazon to launch pay-by-palm technology at Whole Foods stores. Realize this is not because you have a chip in your hand. This is using your biometrics. Isn't this what we keep warning about? This is incremental increases. Why do we want this? We're already past it. This was already being pushed into the guise of, you know, COVID and and pandemics. Well, that's what they're still going to use. This is not justified, right? This is about control. It's about social and digital control. Here it is right there, right right in the video. Oh, actually, this one's even different. Now, this this one is talking about your palm. Just, you know, whether it's your palm print or whatever, God knows. This one, this is this this is this is Cohen Cohen Coin Bureau pointing out this is the future of payments with the Fed now and the CBDCs, which aren't exactly what they're doing out of the gate, which a lot of people are incorrectly saying. I'll point that out next. Biometric info linked to your social credit account linked to your wallet. Now, I'm not implying he's saying that. He's just simply saying the future of FedNow, CBDCs, the idea of the overlap, they're point blank telling you. Your biometric data like this linked to your social credit or your credit score, which is already there, which they're already overlapping, as we've seen with MasterCard and, and, and Experion overlapping with ESG and it's it's already happening linked to your ability to access your own money. In this case, they're using eye scans. This is real. It's already happening in many places of the world. Which they if if they don't think you're doing the right thing right now in China, you can't access it. You can't go to the store. You're not allowed to get on the bus. It's amazing that we act like this is fake news when it's already going on in the place in the world. Your government is drooling about making this happen. Now here, lastly, from yesterday, is the official release of the FedNow discussion. Federal Reserve announces that its new system for instant payments, hooray! It's all about this illusion of convenience. They're saying, go, now you can transfer money using the Federal Reserve. 
This, as I point out, and I agree, and as, as Jason Bassler says to finish here, the Federal Reserve officially launches FedNow. Well, and this is important. It's not a CBDC, not yet. Now, you'll hear that all over Twitter right now. CBDC, first launch, not actually what happened, which, you know, people have a right to be wrong and to be blatantly dishonest. The point, though, is just be careful because there's misinformation, especially coming from the paradigm, as usual. But it says it will set the table for the convenience associated with instant payment systems. And this is digital. So we're going in that direction. Realize that the central bank digital currency is not the same as allowing the current fiat currency to be transacted digitally, right? But it says they are already touting benefits for people living paycheck to paycheck. Buckle up. It's beginning, guys. It's happening. It's all beginning to rapidly increase. I just hope we have the wherewithal to, to, to see it and understand what it really means and to take action against it. So thank you for continuing to support this platform, guys. We're going to keep this fight up no matter what, because we have to. Now, I'm going to most likely do my show tomorrow, hopefully early, and I'll start with that conversation. But I just think this stuff is important, and I think we need to realize how much we're being played. And that doesn't mean that everybody we talked about, the, you know, the Kennedys, or it doesn't mean that everybody knows that. Very possible that they just believe what they're saying, and that they, and, and you know, it's possible that I'm wrong, and everything they're saying is right. The point is that we just need to be objective entertain what other people are saying, consider their perspectives, come to your own conclusions. It's always the reality. That's why they're so desperately afraid of people like you. They're scared more than anything of objective, honest people because you're difficult to control. And that's why I love you guys, because you're here being the contrarians, pushing back against the reality, pushing back against the control structure. We're changing something, guys. We have. We've changed what happened with COVID. We're changing right this moment. I think that that classic quote that, you know, it, it doesn't, they always say that one person can't change the world, but in reality, that one, what is the, what is the quote actually, that one dedicated individual paraphrasing can't change the world when in fact, it's the only thing that ever truly has. Margaret Mead, it's paraphrasing what she said. The reality is that you can make a difference. You make a difference every single day when you talk to somebody, when you share a video, when you have an engaged conversation and, and come and, and, and open somebody's mind to something they didn't see before. Every day you're changing lives, guys, inspires me. Thank you for being here. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.